This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. All of it. Hey everybody and welcome to the newest episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Miller, and it's awesome to finally be back in front of the camera talking to you guys. It's been like a month since I've done an episode of this, so uh, I'm very, very excited to uh, be talking some Star Wars with you. And I know it's a day late. Last night we decided to sit down and do a... Uh, a uh, oh crap, now it's uh, After Hours. Sorry, an After Hours for Realm of the Mist. It, it, it escaped me for a second. And Chris is actually the one that talked me into doing a Canon Podcast episode... Uh, today, since it's been like a month, and speaking of Chris Stolle, everybody, please welcome to the stream Mr. Chris Stolle. He's here to talk some Star Wars with me. How you doing tonight, brother? I am in love with L337. I have to give in to my emotions. How painful was that for you to say? <laughs> I'm throwing up. That, just that hurt, I'm dying a little, a little inside, bit. yeah. I'm oh, dying man. a little inside. Died a little inside. I think we all have at some point. Uh, some more than others. Uh, you know, Last Jedi Solo, whatever. Whatever, however you feel about Star Wars. But we're going to be talking some Star Wars. Uh, and we've got plenty to talk about. Also, got a lot of mailbag questions to answer. And uh, some upcoming canon to talk about. So, uh, what do you say we just dive into this head first? First thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to get your take on a little bit, Chris. Uh, episode 9 has finally uh, wrapped shooting. You know, it's a long time coming. Like I never thought I would live in a world where episode nine has wrapped shooting. You know what I mean? Like I, I know we've already gone through seven, eight, Rogue One, and Solo, but to hear episode nine has wrapped shooting. Well, I mean, that's that's a crazy feeling. You know what I mean? I, to to live in a world like that. What do you think, man? What are your thoughts on uh, on nine finally wrapping up? And what do you think we're we're in store for? Well, you know, I, I was reading. Uh, first, I'll, I'll do about the uh, in store for. I was reading an article on Facebook uh, that was released by you got this. We got this covered. Com. So I don't exactly know how like exactly accurate it is, uh, but there is a rumor floating around that the Emperor will make an appearance in Episode Nine. Hmm. Take it with a grain of salt. I don't trust we got this covered.com. Okay, I don't, I don't consider that a legitimate source. If it didn't come from ILM, it didn't come from, you know, Bob Iger, Kat, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, Lucasfilm, or Disney itself, or making Star Wars.net or, or something like that, then I, I take it for rumor and rumor only. However, the idea that the Emperor was the guy pulling all the strings, including Snoke, would be kind of a cool idea, um, to, to my mind. Um, overall, it's kind of a bittersweet feeling. Um, you got to remember, I've grown up with these movies since they first came out. And uh, after Episode Six, we never thought we'd see another Star Wars. And the prequels came. And after Episode Three, we thought there'd never be another Star Wars. Now here we are at Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. You know, and subsequent spinoffs. And... It's sweet to know that there's more Star Wars coming. I'm excited for Episode Nine to answer all the questions that have been kind of burning the the, the franchise in, in its own rear end right now because nobody wants to be patient enough to let the story finish. Right. Uh, 
I'm also scared that they're not going to answer those questions because I know how J.J. Uh, Abrams is on completing stories. Mm -hmm. Just take a look at the ending of Lost. Um, <laughs> but uh, overall, the biggest the biggest thing I'm not looking forward to is it's the end of the Skywalker saga. Amen. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it, yeah. It's it, it's it's uh, it, it's it, it's very it's really a bittersweet thing. Like you said, it's it's one of those things where. Like I was saying, I can't believe I live in a world now where we're getting ready to see the end of the Skywalkers, which mm -hmm. we have had confirmed. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the mailback questions. But uh, yeah, man, like it's 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 weird to think that it just seems like a couple months ago that they were saying we were going to be getting new Star Wars movies. And now here we are at the end of one of the trilogies already coming up. And then where do we go from there? You know, I mean, we already know we're getting uh, the trilogy from Ryan Johnson, whether you love it or hate it. We're getting the... Benioff and Weiss trilogy. It's it's there's so much more Star Wars coming, but to imagine Star Wars without a Skywalker in it, or even during an era where you're not getting stories with a Skywalker, is is really kind of a weird thing to think about. Now, just because we're not getting films with Skywalkers in it, doesn't mean we won't get novels with Skywalkers or comics. You know what I mean? We're we're still going to get those characters in those mediums. Maybe even in Resistance. You know, depending on how well that goes. Well, we probably won't get Luke in Resistance, obviously, but but I mean. Depending on how certain things go, how certain TV shows go, hell, for all we know, Luke could pop up in The Mandalorian. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but it's a possibility. You know what I mean? And depends on how bad The Mandalorian is doing. Right, right. You know, and and I'm I'm excited for it. You know, and and speaking of The Mandalorian, uh, we are we Mandalorian is wrapped filming also. The Mandalorian has also finished wrapping its uh or finished filming its first season. Man, what do you think about that? I mean, I know you're excited for The Mandalorian. I'm stupidly now, excited for the, for the Mandalorian. What are your thoughts on uh, on that? I'm I'm kind of half and half for the Mandalorian. I'm excited because it's the first legitimate Star Wars live action TV show. I say legitimate because I don't count the Ewok movies and I don't count like the holiday special, even though they were made for TV things. We don't say those uh, words on the Cam podcast. My apologies, <laughs> but you know I, that that's why I say the Mandalorian is going to be the first you know live action non animated. TV series for Star Wars. I'm excited for that. I'm excited that John Favreau is is the director of this stuff because I know Favreau is a huge Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. You know, to the point like you and I are, where he's almost a student of Star Wars. Right. You know, like that fandom has gone that far in. So I, I fully expect him to remain uh, true to the. Uh, to the to the to the canon to the story to to the rules of the galaxy if you will mm. um i'm just not overly excited about learning about the mandalorians i i was never a huge fan of the Ma the mandalorian characters mm -hmm. i wasn't a fan of boba i wasn't a f i was more of a fan of jango than i was a boba right I know it's blasphemous for people out here but to me he was a he was a cool looking character who did nothing <laughs> you know, um, so when when we're stepping that much further in, into their culture, it's like, eh, I know people love it and it's a smart idea to do. Just I hope there's more than just watching a Mandalorian. I'm, I'm sure there will be. And, you know, I'm with you also because, you know, we started touching on the Mandalorian stuff in Clone Wars. And I was like, all right, cool. That's that's cool to see the Mandalorian. Then we started touching on it in Rebels. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. like, really? And now they're doing a full live action series of The Mandalorian. But I'm very, very excited for it. But 
I'm I'm I think I'm excited for it for a different reason than a lot of people are. Uh, I I'm more interested in like the the well, I'm not more interested, but I'm very interested in kind of the filming aspect of it, how it's made, the production aspect, and and he's using techniques that have never been used before in in filming anything. Um, he's doing stuff like, uh, you know, like he'll he'll take a, a shot right, he'll do a shoot a scene. And then the computer will automatically mix in some like rudimentary special effects. And then he can show that to the actors and to the other production crew right there on set. Kind of see what it's going to look like. Stuff like that, which is awesome to me. I love stuff like that. I think it's absolutely cool how they're, in, how they're integrating something like that. How something like that even exists. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that goes. But they've already promised us that this series is going to be so... It, this is supposed every time somebody asks me what I would do about Star Wars, how I would go about it, I always say hit go for the nostalgia nerve. Always hit the nostalgia nerve. You can't go wrong with the nostalgia nerve. And you can do it too much, but don't you can never having a little bit of nostalgia is always a good thing. That's never a bad thing. So they're talking that this series is really gonna do that. You know, I mean they're going heavy practical effects, even heavier than what episode seven and eight did. They're going heavy practical effects. I mean, they're they're going for that same feeling again as what the classic, the classic trilogy was. So static, static IG eighty eight. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and but see, also what's cool, like IG IG eighty eight is a great example because all we've ever seen him do in the movies was stand there and just kind of turn his head, just you know, four or five degrees one way or the other. Never, nothing else, nothing else ever. Um, and then we got things like, and, and yes, they are. Uh, canon the forces of destiny episodes one of them with jen or so i think it was jen or so or was it leia i think well, no I, I don't remember it but anyway uh it had ig88 in it and he was like sprinting down hallways and stuff we've never seen that and now we live in a time with special effects where we could do a practical effect and make it you know and make gg igg8 what the hell is wrong with me ig88 run down a hallway shooting a blaster and it still looks like a practical effect you know what I mean? Now we live in a time where special effects can really delve into some of these characters a little more and show what they're actually capable of. I don't know why. I just had like the uh, the, the skeletons from Army of Darkness in my head when you talked about the practical <laughs> IG-88 puppet running down the, down the hallway shooting. It could work. <laughs> they could make it work. I'm, I'm jinxing it all right I know now. You are. No, that's that's fine. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm I'm excited for the Mandalorian. I'm ready to see how this is going to go, and and it's going to suck though because for those of you that don't know, I, I think I put it out on uh, the last stream. I did a gaming stream a couple weeks ago playing some Battlefront, and I think I dropped the bomb there uh, that Kirsty and I are finally expecting. So we finally have a little one on the way, and I'm I'm very very excited about that. But they're going to be coming about the exact same time that Disney streaming service is hitting the air. So I'm going to be changing diapers and watching the Mandalorian at the exact same time. And I'm, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm so excited for it, but uh, not only do we have the Mandalorian to talk about and, and episode nine wrapping, but some of the footage for episode nine has already been shown to the shareholders for Disney. And every time I hear about a meeting like this, where the shareholders get to see some of the footage and, and get to see the trailers first and all this stuff, it makes me want to buy significant stock in Disney just so that I can go to these shareholder meetings and actually get to see some of this stuff. And some of the descriptions have been uh, tweeted about also with Ray spinning around twirling a lightsaber and stuff like that. And, and, and from what people have said, nine is going to be universally loved 
just from what they've seen, and, and, and I'm guessing this is probably some form of the teaser trailer that they saw, some footage that's going to be in the teaser trailer, something like that. So, uh, Chris, you saw the description of, of some of these scenes. What, what are you thinking about Episode Nine, and, 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 how, and what would you be willing to give up in your personal life to be sitting in on one of those meetings? Are you kidding me? I would sell I would sell <laughs> you in half a heartbeat just to catch like 10 seconds of whatever they saw. And you know what? <laughs> I wouldn't begrudge you that. <laughs> but the, the long and the short, I guess, is that, I mean, it's their job to say it's the greatest film ever made. Right. You know, they're, they're not going to come out and say, you know what? I sat in the, the share meeting and the movie was garbage. So I, I can't really trust them to say that, you know what they really think of it that universally loved i hope so mm -hmm. i personally feel it needs to especially with how divided the fan base has been oh, since absolutely eight. and solo this this absolutely has to be I, I i don't know how many years we've been together and 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 we've talked about star wars and i've constantly said lightning in a bottle mm -hmm. you know the original trilogy empire strikes back were lightning in a bottle they'll never happen again i think nine needs to be lightning in the bottle you think so? You think it's you think it's you think the situation is that dire at this point where they have to, to they have to not only make a good movie but literally knock it out of the stadium. To save what this saga means to people, yes. To save Star Wars and and Disney continue to make more? No, of course not. Mm. They've made money even on the ones people hated. That you know, that's fine. I'm speaking from a fan standpoint. A fan standpoint to get back that that core audience that that has been disenchanted by the franchise this movie needs to hit like empire did i agree with you this is this is the i mean we'll talk about this a little bit later too this is the finale this is the end of the skywalkers this has to be the star wars movie the mm -hmm. capital t capital h capital e this has to be the star wars movie that everybody is talking about for years to come and and you know you you said earlier how you were talking about how JJ is good at telling stories, but not so much at wrapping up stories. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think this is going to be the one where you look at JJ in a new light. I think this is going to be the one where we, from now on, when JJ does a project, somebody says, "Well, JJ doesn't know how to wrap up a story." Are you kidding? Did you see episode nine? I'm hoping <laughs> like this. This has to be that one. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm really really like over the moon excited for it. And and I just the, nine. Nine, like you said, nine has to hit it out of the park. It has to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It can't. It, it can't be mediocre. It can't be like Captain Marvel level mediocre. It cannot be that oh. way. It's got to be. This has got to be the Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? Can you this, even wait, this, wait? Wait. Can you call Captain Marvel mediocre? Like Solo, is an Oscar-winning performance. Okay. Over yeah. Captain I'll, I'll say. I'll say. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. I'll compare it more to Solo. Sorry, my bad. I'll compare it more to I'll compare it more to Solo. You're right. Captain Marvel okay. is just the last movie that I saw in my head that was just like, man. All right, whatever. So, but no, yeah, no, yeah. It, we'll we'll compare it more to Solo. It can't be Solo level. You know what I mean? It's got to be. It's got to be these. It's got to capture all that nostalgia from the from the classic trilogy. It's got to. It's got to be a movie that is on par with the classic trilogy in everybody's eyes. In everybody's eyes. This can't be, but you know, there's going to be fans out, fans out there that just absolutely hate it, no matter what. This could be the greatest Star Wars movie, and they're still going to say, "Oh, fuck Disney," and and you know, and all this other stuff. It's still going to happen. But for the majority of fans, this has to be this. I think this has to be universally loved. 
Well, see, I that that's I, I agree with you because there there are fan bases. You're right. There there's there's fans out there that that will sit there and say the original trilogy is old and beaten and, and and whatever, and the prequels were where it was at. You know that will argue with you that Empire isn't the greatest movie ever made, or at least within Star Wars. You know, and look, I love all Star Wars, some more than others, but I mean, I love all Star Wars. Okay, but. You're you're right. You're always going to have a fan, or a fan, uh, a group of fans that will say that this was better than this, or this was worse than this, or this was worse than that. Within the stories of of the franchise, you're absolutely right. But the thing is, is that even those people who bitched that the originals are better than the prequels, or the prequels are better than the originals, they're still fans. Mm-hmm. They're still going out seeing the movies. They're still going out buying the books and the comics and and the toys and blah blah blah. The divide that we've seen recently, since well, recently since Last Jedi, is that fans are actually walking away from the fan. Like, you know, it's it's kind of like the days of Napster and when when Metallica uh, uh, sued Napster, mm. and then you saw fan bases like going out into the street and destroying their Metallica CDs. Right. It's kind of the same deal is that we've lost many people within the fandom that not only go online and bitch about how terrible last Jedi was or how terrible solo was, Mm. but it has legitimately turned them away from the franchise altogether. Right. Okay. And that's what I need nine to do. And that's what I'm hoping nine will do is grab their attention and say, you know what? I'm probably going to regret this, but I'm going to give this another chance. And when they go to see nine, it blows their freaking mind and brings them back into the fandom. See, I'm thinking also that nine has to paint eight in a different light. It has to paint seven at a different light. Now I know seven was majority, the majority of people like seven. Uh, and it's about, you know, split down the center with eight. Um, but nine, if you hated eight, right? You mm-hmm. nine should be able to have you sit down and watch it and go, oh, that makes what happened in 8 make a lot more sense now. So not only does 9 have to be good in its own right, but it has to wrap up the entire saga. It has to make every other Star Wars movie look like crap. You know what I mean? <laughs> like It has to make every other Star Wars movie look like build-up to this. This is the one, right? So... And Disney right now has got two massive juggernauts coming out this year. We've got Endgame, which is coming out in like what four or five weeks, and then Something which, like that, which yeah. is the culmination of what twenty-two films. That'll be the twenty-second film, and then we've got Star Wars. That is the culmination of forty-plus years of Star Wars. So mm-hmm. you, they've they've got two massive hits coming out this year, and two culmination like not not just movies but film cinematic events coming out in the same year. Six months apart, you know, so that's a tall order for one company to be. And now, granted, I know it's Lucasfilm and Marvel Studios uh, in their own rights, but it's still Disney. I mean, that Bob Iger is still doing the final yes or no's on everything. This is on him. It, it It's definitely rolling the dice for Disney. But I mean, if, if any company and I know people are like cringing right now, what I'm about to say, because nobody likes when you give Disney you know, props and respect, but if any right. company is out there right now that could handle it, it would be Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. These, these are not just movies. These are cultural events happening. 
Marvel is the culmination of uh, since the comic books first started coming out, Marvel Comics, to this point. And in Star Wars, from 1977 to this point, these things have become so intertwined in people's lives for generations. And then Disney's rolling the dice and taking a shot with Marvel Studios and with Lucasfilm and is completing their opus Mm -hmm. to to both of these types of franchises. It's scary. But if anybody can handle it and do it right, it would be Disney. Disney. No, I'm, I'm, well, I mean, even George Lucas said years ago that if anybody was going to be making Star Wars movies, he wanted it to be Disney. He thought that that's where it made the most sense. But, you know, not only – this is a great segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about. Not only are they working on all these other films, uh, but right now the rumor is – remember, this is just the rumor mill. This isn't, mm-hmm. in fact, don't run with it. It's just rumor. Is that Lucasfilm is right now working on preparing to begin production on a new film and a new television series. So okay. right now, you know, obviously we're as far as film is looking, we're probably looking at a Benioff and Weiss film. Um, God, I hope so. I hope so too. I hope we I hope they lead with that. And then with the series, there's a lot of speculation that we're gonna be getting an Obi Wan series here before long. And that that's why the Obi Wan uh I heard that was all but the Obi Wan film. It was it has been confirmed. I've, it's all but confirmed. All but confirmed, right? Like when we when we talked about it last, if I remember correctly, it was reported by MakingStarWars.net mm-hmm. or Star uh, MakingStarWarsNews.net, and they're usually not wrong. That's why I say all but confirmed because the only thing missing is you know Kathleen Kennedy or Bob Iger coming out and saying here it is. Right. Well, they also you know did I mean? say that it was pretty much going to happen. We were getting the Obi Wan film, which we know that's not happening now. Which I know things change. They could have put that article out, and the very next day, Disney was like, "Ax that." You know what I mean? So, and I, don't forget too, there's also supposed to be a Cassie and Andor uh, series, TV show, which is series. probably what they're getting ready to work on. Mm-hmm. If I was a betting man, that's going to be what they're working on next because that was announced what like three months ago, something yeah. like that. So I see, I see that being what they work on next, which is still a great series. I, I think it's going to be a great series idea. I think it's going to hey, be a honestly, great series. honestly, I'm more excited for that than I am for the Mandalorian. Well, you can touch on a lot of things with Cassian in that series that you really can't do because I mean, up until Disney bought the star, the, the bought Lucasfilm. Up until then, it was always black, white, good, bad. And then mm-hmm. once Disney took over, they started introducing this moral gray area in between the two sides, and they started humanizing the Empire a little bit more and and, and things like that. But that gray area, the first time we ever saw that in film was Rogue One, was mm-hmm. that gray area because I think about it, even in the opening crawl for A New Hope. In the original Star Wars movie, it says the evil galactic empire. They called it the evil galactic empire. Now you're looking at a, a guy, Cassian Andor, who even later on admits in Rogue One, we've done things. We, you know, we've assassinated people. We've done this and this all in the name of good. We want to do something to, to make up for it. You know, they've mm-hmm. done morally gray things. And I think that's great. That's a great dynamic. I want to delve into, you know, and. And uh, I want to see Cassian. I know we already saw it in the one-shot comic, but I want to see Cassian reprogram K2SO. And I want to see them elaborate on it a little more than just, oh, there he is. Flipping a switch, yeah. Yeah, you know, so. (laughs) And and I want to see, I want to see, you know, maybe that's the first episode. Maybe that's the season finale. I would, I'd rather that be the season finale of the first season of him finding K2 and flipping the switch and the droid just turn around looking at him, boom, to be continued. You know what I mean? Like. That would be freaking awesome. But I'm but you're right. I'm more excited for the Cassian Andor series. I'm actually more excited for Cassian than I am Mandalorian. And I'm really excited for the Mandalorian. 
Well, to, to play off of what you said about the, the 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 gray area within within war that we're we're exploring with Rogue One that we hopefully will be exploring with uh with uh, Cassian series. You know what? It made me think, and again, this this one's kind of like off the beaten path a little bit here, but it, it makes me think. Uh, I wouldn't mind a series from the opposite end of the field. You know, they say that everybody's a hero on their side. Like nobody's the villain on on their side. Nobody joins the army saying I'm the bad guy. Right. Everybody's the hero of their story. Right. Yeah. So I would love to see like a trooper or an officer in the Imperial Army who actually believes that, that what they're doing is the right and just thing. Well, that actually looks at the Rebel Alliance as a terrorist organization that's that's terrorizing the galaxy and destroying. I would love to see that area. See, it's funny you mentioned that because later this year, actually in the next couple months, there's a uh, a comic series coming out called Tie Fighter. Okay. And it's from the point of view of this, uh, I, well, I think a set, a group of TIE fighter pilots, but it's supposed to go along with uh, the Alphabet Squadron novel, which is still, I swear to God, it's still the dumbest fucking name you can come up with for a novel. But it's it's supposed to be a companion series to that book where everything that happens in uh, Alphabet Squadron, this comic is supposed to be the point of view of the Empire on the same story. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm I and they're getting ready to release that first episode. I think in April sometime, or it might be May. I, I think it's late April. Um, so I'm excited about that. And it comes out like a month before the book does. Which you know, like whenever somebody tells you a story of something happened to somebody else, you tend to believe the first person you heard the story from before the second. The person, mm -hmm. even though the second person might be telling you exactly the way it is, you always want to go with the first story you hear. Mm -hmm. They're releasing the comic first. So you're going to have a month to read this comic series and then read the book with the with the Rebels' point of view. So it's going to make you want to believe the Imperials a little bit more about what was really... You know what I mean? They're going to be able to paint the Rebels in a... In a do you think that's intentional? I think so. Do you think, like do you think said, it... Do you think it's kind of like it's kind of like going into the uh, to the world of Star Wars where you're you're bombarded your whole entire life with the propaganda of the Empire that you believe the Empire until you finally see them do the atrocities of blowing up something like Alderaan? They they are focusing Disney's focusing more on on the propaganda aspect of stuff. There there's mm -hmm. a book at Barnes and Noble I saw when I went and picked up uh, Queen Shadow that uh, it's all Imperial propaganda posters. That's all it is, and it's all artwork. And I think Kirsty really, really was interested in it, you know, with her being the artist and whatnot. But it's, it, it, but also to know that they even touched on it in Battlefront Two, the campaign. Iden's mm -hmm. mother was one of the artists that did the propaganda posters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, they're focusing a lot more on the propaganda aspect of everything, which is great because you can't have a war without one or both sides putting out propaganda against the other, slurring no, exactly. the other side. You know what I mean? I mean, hell, look at the world we live in today. We're not even, we're, I mean, we're in a verbal cold war politically, you know what I mean? And there's mm -hmm. propaganda on both sides being thrown around, but it's, it's, you can't have a war without propaganda. It's getting, you want, they go hand in hand. So to see propaganda posters and stuff like that, and to actually have the audience be subjected to propaganda, I think is mm -hmm. a great way to do it. And I think it's something very interesting that you don't see very often, you know, when you start, talking about good bad star just star wars in general you don't focus a lot on the propaganda side of it and i think i think it's a great idea for disney to do that with us with the audience no absolutely i, I, I like i said it, it immerses you that much more within the galaxy instead of just wanting to be a jedi or wanting to be a sith now you're getting uh 
the same treatments that most of the citizens within the galaxy felt on either side of the of the the spectrum and were that's why they joined either side of those spectrum whether they you know were the oppressed guys that believed in the rebel alliance because they seen they've been under the heel of the empire or those who puffed out their chests for their ribbons because the imperial navy and and the right of the uh, just hand of the emperor and blah 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 will save and secure this galaxy from the rebellious rabble that had tore it apart during the days of the old republic and like i love that i love that you're you're getting a taste of that not only within the films but within the marketing and advertising of it right you know what i mean i love the fact that i can walk into like you said a barnes and noble or a comic book shop see this propaganda and see which one sways me right which side is actually fighting for the right side well, not just for the right side. What, which one's going to make me buy the comic or, or the book? Am right. I going to walk over to the Imperial side because their propaganda appealed to me? See, that is. Will so- I walk over to the rebellious side or the, the Alliance and, and the Republic because that appealed to me? It, it's neat. It, it, is. It, it is really neat. Yeah, no, you know, and, and now that you're saying that, they could do that with just novels in general. Like, have the same author sit down or it could be even even different novel uh, different authors i don't care come up with a story for a novel and then release two novels of the exact same story from opposite points of view oh my god that would write be a story write a story that awesome. co- coexists from both but the main character is different one from the empire first order whatever and the other one from resistance slash republic mm-hmm. oh my god that would be awesome but it's the same story like you know they're coming head to head and at some point Oh my god, dude! That could be so interesting to sit down and read. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so much. No, but but anyway, like uh, as far as the film goes, the, the 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 rumored film in production, I think you agree it's going to be a Benioff and Weiss film instead of Ryan Johnson right off the bat. I I don't know if I agree. It it is going to be. I think it should be. I think Agreed, you know as, yeah. as excited as excited as I am for Ryan Johnson's trilogy because I'm a person that didn't hate Last Jedi. Right. Um, and I'm curious to see this whole new galaxy and whole new stories that have nothing to do with anything we've known thus far. Mm-hmm. I think the safer road is Benioff and Weiss. I do too. And give point. a little bit more time for people to accept that Ryan Johnson is doing another trilogy. Well, like I said earlier, nine nine might make people sit back and go, oh, well, now I look at eight in a different light. You know, I mean, there's going to be people that cling to their hatred for eight just because they can. But some people will actually, you know, objectively take a step back and go, oh, well, that makes right. sense. I mean, I mean, and maybe people will look at eight a little differently. Then when they say, hey, Ryan Johnson's coming out with this trilogy, they can be like, let's see what he's got to offer. You know, so mm-hmm. and and the fact that it's going to be in a different like part of the universe, an entirely new set of characters, more people might be more prone to accept that rather than him messing with characters they already know and love you know if if he's sitting down and developing characters on his own and and putting through i even if even if you hated last jedi you should give this trilogy a a shot because it's going to be brand new characters the only reason people you know say they hated last jedi was oh hashtag not my skywalker well then don't give ryan johnson skywalker give him an entirely Mm -hmm. new set of characters and see what he can do with them you know so it's it's one of those things where give him a shot just just go see the first movie. If you don't like it, go don't see the second one. But at least go see the first one. You know. See, I'll disagree. I'll disagree with you a little bit on that. If you're gonna give it a shot, you got to give the trilogy a shot. Same thing with people oh, hating hating that's this true, yeah. this new seek this new sequel trilogy. 
they they made judgments and then again i'm not telling you how to live your life i don't want you guys to think i'm attacking you guys in any way if you if you fall under this group but in my mind mm-hmm. even if i hated last jedi just for the sake of argument i i loved it but say i hated it i was okay about 7 8 i hated i still know that 8 is the middle part of a story mm-hmm. so i would withhold judgment of the complete saga or, or excuse me the complete trilogy until 9 because right. nine will wrap it all up, or it'll destroy it all. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong, and but it's it's. I think you're right, though. I think right now the safe bet is to do a Benioff Weiss film, over and and are are they done with Game of Thrones right now? I don't know if they are done filming the last season of Game of oh, Thrones. Oh yeah, they are. Oh yeah. Okay, so then that's probably them getting ready to start working on Star Wars. That's yeah, probably exactly since, what it is. They're long since been done. I believe we're about a month or two months away from uh, from eight the the, the final season releasing mm. so yeah no it's going to be betting off of weiss then uh and and for the reasons you know that that you said you know it's the safe choice um also hey uh celebration's right around the corner <laughs> I, I didn't realize celebration was less than a month away until a while ago when i was looking at the at the countdown it's it's literally like three and a half weeks away three weeks away Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have got to start gearing up on, on some of the stuff that's going to be announced and whatnot. And, and one of the things that they have announced, I mean, we knew there was going to be a panel for last or for last Jedi for uh, episode nine. We knew, we knew that was going to happen, you know, and, and all this other, but there's actually going to be a panel for Jedi fallen order. Nice. At celebration. So with E3 immediately after celebration, how much do you think we're going to see of of Jedi the Fall of Jedi Fallen Order at Celebration? I think we're going to get a lot more because it's like you said, E three is going to be right before Celebration, right behind, right? It's right after, isn't it? I thought you said it was before. I think it's after. Oh well, if it's after, I got to change my answer. Okay, my bad. I think we're gonna I think we're <laughs> gonna get a teaser at Celebration. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna talk about like you know the production of it and everything else. But they'll keep it tight-lipped for E3 since it's, you know, E3's video game focused. I think at But we're definitely, we're definitely going to get at least a teaser, a glimpse, a look right. at Celebration. I think we'll get like a – you know how with video games they do the cinematic trailers? It's not mm-hmm. really game, gameplay, but it's – I think we're going to get a cinematic trailer for it. Kind of a rundown of what the game's about, like the name of the character you're playing as, stuff like that. What format the game's going to be taking, if it's RPG, first-person, third-person shooter, whatever, you know. I think we're going to get all that. They're going to talk about... Uh, odds are they're going to tell uh, talk a lot about concept art when they were throwing around ideas and stuff. Where it takes place on the timeline, stuff like that. But I don't think we're going to see any actual gameplay until E3. I think E3 is where they're going to start kicking out the gameplay. And that's do you think where, we'll... Uh, that's do, where you think, see it. do you think we'll at least get a release date? We'll get a release date. We already know it's going to be. I mean, at celebration. Year. Yeah, we'll get a release date at celebration. Okay. Yeah, I'm almost. I'm almost positive. Um, and you know, the developers will be there to, and even the script writers will be there talking about, and maybe how this affects Star Wars canon. You know what I mean? And kind of, and and, and how it's because you know it's going to be canon. How they went about making a story that kind of fit within that realm and and within that you know diagram of canon. Uh, I think that's all it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be. You're not going to see somebody sitting there playing it the whole time. I think it's just going to be, like I said, the they're going to talk about it, and then they're going to show the cinematic trailer for it, and then, boom, that's going to be it. What if they What if they do it like uh, Bethesda did with Doom, uh, where at E3, uh, they gave you the, the teaser clip, like you said, the cinematic or whatever, of Doom, 
and everybody went nuts and everything else. And then uh, at QuakeCon, they gave an eight-minute gameplay footage. No, no talking, just somebody playing like the first level of Doom. And pulling off the little specialty things is what if what if Lucasfilm did something similar to that where they gave you the cinematic trailer and everything else at E3 at Celebration and then at E3 they actually gave you gameplay footage. Yeah, that that's what I that's where I see it going. I, I, that's exactly where I see it going. I think Celebration they're going to focus on the story aspect of it, and E3 will focus on the gameplay aspect of it. That's that's exactly the the route I see them going with it. So, but I'm anxious to see what this game's going to be about. You know what I mean? Like, what, like, because we know it takes place between three and four, but we don't know exactly where. And I'm really like, I'm really really anxious to get my hands on this game to see because I'm ready for a new Star Wars game, a canon Star Wars game. I'm ready. Oh, for I am it. stupidly excited for this. Yeah, no. Like there 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 are a bunch of games. There are, there are a bunch of games coming out like this year that I'm super excited for. The Outer Worlds, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, just to name two. A new Star Wars that isn't Battlefront. <laughs> yeah. We haven't had that in how long? Oh, Jesus. When was the last time we got... Was it... God, I want to say it was one of the Force Unleashed games? I think so. I think Force, Force Unleashed 2. Oh my I think God. that might have been the... Unless you want to count like the MMO. I, I know Old Republic came out after Force Unleashed. So right, yeah. If You're you right. want to count old, if you want to count Old Republic, which I don't really count that, because I mean it's an MMO, it's still ongoing stuff of that nature. But uh, just a new Star Wars storied game. Yeah. That wasn't just Battlefront. Right. Well, I oh know. Oh my God. I know Battlefront gets a lot of crap. Right. Because at this point, we are so far past the date where Battlefront came out. All anybody focuses on is multiplayer. That's all they care mm-hmm. about on Battlefront. But when that game first came out, that campaign was awesome. Oh, yeah. That campaign oh, yeah. was great. You know, when they sat down and actually wrote that story out and, and you know, they even did motion capture for it. And, I mean, they literally went about this game like it was a film. And, you know, that that was awesome. It was it just like any other first-person shooter. Yes. Yes, it was. It, the parts in between where you played was just any other first-person shooter. But the story that you were playing and the cinematics and, and the cutscenes, they were characters you actually grew to care about. And maybe it's just because I read Inferno Squadron before I played the game. Maybe that right. had something to do with it. But I really cared about these characters. And I'm I'm still hoping, that beyond hope, that at some point they just drop a surprise DLC continuing the story of, you know, the Resurrection DLC. I'm well, hoping I mean, that we, it happens. We know they're they're focusing on the multiplayer and keeping the multiplayer alive with with new char- uh, hero characters and villain characters, and I'm sure we'll probably get more ships or something like that eventually, and everything else too. But the fact of the matter is, is that since they're keeping Battlefront Two relevant and active, it, there's nothing that says they couldn't drop. They may have a DLC that'll drop with Episode Nine. It's possible. That just, they don't want to drop it because of episode nine, but they may have it in the wings. And like, as you're standing in line to to, to go in to see episode nine, all of a sudden your phone goes off. You look down and it says DLC coming next week. Well, it could be the day before episode nine too, because remember the, the, the last, uh, excuse me, the last Jedi stuff (laughs) dropped like the day before episode eight came out. So right. I, I was playing on Crate on Battlefront the day before 8 came out. I'm just like, oh, my God, I cannot fucking wait for this fucking movie to come out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And and that that may be something that they do, too, because they dropped Finn and Phasma 
as characters before Last Jedi ever came out. Yeah, they kind of screwed up in the past. Like, remember, yeah. remember they they made it where it was like uh, you you had only a certain amount of time and you could only choose between one of the two characters. Which we it was funny because we were just talking about how we'd love to see that in a novel, and now we're saying, "Oh, they did it on EA and it sucked." Well, no, 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 no. It, it was like uh, you could either buy Finn or you could buy Phasma. Right. You couldn't get both. But in the long run, you ended up getting them both anyway. That's what I was saying about yeah. it. it was kind of stupid. Is they should have just released them and been done with it. They were trying to make it like if you choose one, the other one's closed forever to you. Right. So yeah, that, that was that was kind of a hard choice for me because that's what I thought. I thought it was going to be, you know, you weren't going to get the other one if you picked the other. But then they've released them anyway, which I'm still kind of jaded by EA after I spent all my credits trying to get all those characters. And then after I got they, the last one, they just made them all available for everybody. Yeah. I'm still pretty pissed about that. Yeah, I'm um, kind of mad about it too. They should have reimbursed everybody's credits for that. They should have at least half price. At least half price credits because it, just giving me half back what I paid, I'd be all right with it. But you know, they just gave us sixty thousand in the last update, so I, I can't bitch too much. Um, all right, so that's pretty much it for games and movies. Uh, Chris, you just picked up Queen Shadow what day before yesterday? I think yesterday. Got, yesterday. Have you started yesterday. reading it yet? No, I'm still finishing Solo Last Shot. Oh God, that's a hard one to get through, dude. Uh, okay, well I'm about halfway through Queen Shadow. I'm about, I don't know if you guys can see that, but I'm, all, I'm just shy of halfway, actually. I think I am about halfway. Um, so far, if you guys have not picked up this book yet or decided you weren't going to give it the time of day, go get this book. Because E.K. Johnston has done something to Padme that I didn't think was actually possible. Because we've talked recently about how Padme was supposed to be like the Leia of the new trilogy of the time, right? The Leia of the prequel trilogy. And right, she, And right. she learned to kind of hold her own in the films, but you didn't really see her shine until Clone Wars, when you really got to see the activities she was up to, her actually going on missions and stuff like that. This novel, uh, for those of you, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but this novel picks up, actually the, the, the prologue is during Phantom Menace, and it's when uh, Padme and Sabe are switching places where Sabe is taken over the queen's role before the trade feder as the trade federation's invading Thede. Okay. And, and that's, that's the prologue and it's, it's her taking her place and Padme putting on the hand handmaiden robe. And, uh, you know, then it cuts from that until like four years later, uh, after episode one, where it's election day, where the, where the Naboo are electing their new queen. And, uh, Padme and her handmaidens are out in the lake country that we see in Attack of the Clones, you know, enjoying their last day and everything and talking about what they're going to be doing afterwards and everything like that. And uh, to to kind of put it in perspective, Padme's mission, like what she's wanting to do after uh, being queen, after she, because at this point, the queen hasn't asked her to stay on a senator yet. Uh, but, but in this novel, you know, in episode two, how Anakin was like, uh, I heard they even tried to amend their constitution to keep you in office that that's in here them actually bringing her that petition for her to sign and uh but she's she's telling her handmaidens that what she wants to do after she's queen is she wants to take all the revenue that she's earned as queen throughout the years and go free all the slaves on Tatooine because she met a little boy one time that showed her that slaves still existed slavery still existed and she wanted to go free those slaves and I was like, oh my god, are you serious? This is insane. This is awesome. Obviously, we know that that didn't happen, right, right. in the films. But uh, I, I'm not going to say what happens. I'm not going to say what happens when 
Padme's asked because we know Padme's asked to stay on as senator. Mm -hmm. uh, the new queen, her first thing she does, they sit down during the, the ceremony, and the first thing she does is, I want you to stay on as senator. And she's like, uh, well, I'm going to have to think about it and give you an answer, you know? So, and, but I'm not going to say what happens with the whole slavery thing, but Shmi Skywalker right. is name dropped in this book by name. So this is, I'm like I said, I'm like halfway through it. I'm enjoying the crap out of this book so far. It's absolutely great. And it puts Padme in a new light where everything her and her handmaidens did, there was a whole system there. Those, those, women were way closer than we even realized they had to be, you know, and, and, and they were so close that you know, they could almost read each other's minds and stuff like that, you know, and, and all the handmaids actually took on new names in honor of Padme. That's why all their names are Corday, Sabe. They all have the A at the end. They took on new names in honor of Padme. And it's just an insanely cool. And then some of the other things you learn about this book are like all the dresses that Padme ever wore as queen. Had like mm -hmm. escape hatches on the back where she could just like hit a button and pop out of it with like a utilitarian jumpsuit on with a blaster. She could she could run off and leave the the dress standing there. Like there were so many things about the outfits and stuff that they wore and and the system they used. It was just interesting as hell. So dude, you're gonna love this book. Uh, see, I always I always kind of figured that with the uh, with the I, I didn't know it had like practical effects like that, but like the suits and the outfits the, the, and the makeup and everything else was. Uh, theatrical and and purposeful it was to hide her identity yeah her, her her actual physical identity and i've always gotten the impression of how close they are just from the beginning of attack of the clones uh when when uh when uh sam weasel uh blew up the uh the the ambassadorial ship landing at coruscant mm -hmm. and, and uh corday killing corday you know and you just saw like for that bl split second, you see Padme over top, you know, of her crying as, as she's apologizing for failing, you know, and stuff of that. Like you really got that sense that these these women are, you know, as close as sisters to each other at least. Right. You know, it was a lot more than just you know we're your bodyguards and you're our employer. Mm -hmm. You know, and you got that impression. So I'm really interested in, in delving that much deeper in not only the 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 functionality of the queen's outfits but the 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 relationship of the handmaidens and and padme right see and like you, you the, talking about the practicality of everything the whole point all the headdresses were like so ornate and so you know just over the top fucking like what the hell mm -hmm. was to distract from if in case it was a handmaiden with the makeup on it kind of distracted from the face a little bit you know what i mean and and like uh, and they were even talking about how, like, Padme and Sabe were the only two that had actually gotten down the persona of Amidala with the voice, you know, like, you know, the <sighs> Senator Palpatine, you know, stuff like that. The actual verbal aspect of it and stuff. Like, they're the only ones that really mm -hmm. got it down quite a bit. And and Sabe's, Sabe plays a huge part in this novel, which was Kira Knightley's character in, in Episode 1, for those of you that don't know. She was the one right. that, that was Kira Knightley. Um but it shows how she meets Corday, where they find Corday, and why, you know what, how they enlist her and everything. And it's even got Captain Typho. Well, he's not Captain Typho yet. He's Sergeant Typho. Uh, Captain Panaka is in here as a different Captain Panaka as you would know, because we know uh, from Leia of Alderaan, Captain Panaka ended up becoming an Imperial Governor. Right. In, in that, but uh, his wife becomes a captain, so she's the new Captain Panaka in this. His wife is is the new Captain Panaka. So, 
uh it's 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 really cool the way they're doing this and and you know we talk a lot about how politics in star wars hasn't been done right but how like bloodline got it really close how that's how Mm -hmm. politics should be done there's obviously there's a lot of politics in this book and it's done right it's done right again and and thank god even though it's old republic uh or not old republic but it's republic politics and her learning how to be a how to be a senator absolutely great you know we, she's already met Bail Organa where I'm at in the book and everything so definitely go pick this book up you guys won't be disappointed hey I, I, you got me excited enough that I went and did something I don't do I bought a hardback book that's true you usually wait for the paperback mm-hmm. you usually do uh, speaking of paperbacks though I uh, thought we'd talk a little bit about comics real quick I don't think have you read any of the Age of the Republic comics yet nope still on my pull file still on your pull file okay uh, I think I, I've got all of them up to this point. I think the last one just came out this past week. It was General Grievous. I haven't read that one yet. I but did see that that released. But I wanted Some to cool talk, look at covers. Oh, yeah. No, they're sick. I wanted to talk about this series for a minute because it's broken into three sections, right? It's it's Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, Age of Resistance. And, and this Grievous one will be the final one for uh, Republic, which it's weird that they announced this thing. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. It's going to take forever getting to Episode 9. And now we're a third of the way through the series already. Leading uh-huh. up to episode nine, so I'm like, Jesus, it's already almost April. Like, God, we are all, we're, it's going to be here before you know it. Uh, but so far, I've read all of, there, there's been a couple that really stood out that I wanted to talk about. And, and you brought up one of the characters earlier. And I wasn't, okay. really, I wasn't really excited about his comic until I read it. And it's like, oh my God, the Django Fett issue. Django, okay. Django Fett has an issue in this comic. It's titled Django Fett, but it might as well be titled uh, Django Fett and Obi Wan. Or not Obi Wan, uh, Jango Fett and, and Boba Fett. Sorry, it might as well it might as well be titled that because it's Jango teaching Boba Fett about reputation and what it means to have a reputation and how you gain reputation, right? Okay. And and Boba takes the lesson to heart because he learns about it at the very end. You know, he spares somebody's life and says, "Hey, tell him Boba spared your life," and he runs off. And Jango's like, well, "Why didn't you kill him?" And he just turns around and is like, "Reputation. That's that's why I just built reputation." And everybody's like, "Oh." Dude, that comic alone made me want a Django Fett series. I want a Django... I'm not that big of a fan of the Fets anymore. You know, now that we've got Cad Bane on scene and everything like that, I'm not a big fan of the Fets, but I want a Django Fett comic run now teaching Boba how to be a bounty hunter because we know where Boba Fett ends up. I want want that run. I want it so, so GD bad it's not even funny. You know, it's funny, when they first announced The Mandalorian, well, not, that's all we knew was The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Like, we knew nothing else about it except for Jon Favreau and and it's going to be called Mandalorian. I was hoping it was Django, and, and it was doing exactly that, was Django teaching leading Bulba. up to, not only teaching Bulba, but Django leading up to him being asked by by uh, Tyrannus to... to be the, the be or excuse me, Sifo Diaz to be this clone template. Him asking for Boba as a as a, an altered clone, and then teaching Boba. Mm-hmm. I was really kind of in the back of my mind hoping that's what the series was going to be. Well, we saw that scene in the Count Dooku issue, the Age of Republic Count Dooku. Right. Uh, that that scene was in there. Him recruiting uh, Jango, but yeah, no, dude, this is this is a dynamic. And you know what? I'm almost willing to say I want a novel. Written by Claudia Gray. Like, I'm serious. Like, anytime I say I want a novel or something, it's always going to be Claudia Gray. I shouldn't even have to say it anymore. Anytime I want a novel or something, let Claudia Gray write it. But, well, see, I, I would have to disagree with you. My first four, my, my, my first go-to for Star Wars has been and will always be Timothy Zahn. 
Oh yeah. If you put anything in the hand of uh, Star Wars in the hand for novels, you put it in Timothy Zahn's hand. Fair enough. If not Timothy Zahn, I would say John Jackson Miller. Hmm. Even though he hasn't been as field tested in Star Wars as as Zahn has. Hmm. But I definitely give Claudia her her respect, and quite honestly, uh, uh, with Ahsoka and Padme be uh, or uh, Queen's Aaron being uh, hits, I wouldn't discount her either. Talking about E.K. Johnston. E.K. Johnston. Yeah, I wouldn't discount her. Either. She's she's written two books in the new canon so far, and both of them are hits. So both of them are very very well so far, and they're both strong female characters. You know, I mm-hmm. was I was really really excited for Ahsoka. I, I liked Ahsoka. I wasn't like over the moon for Ahsoka, but I but I did li- I did really really like it. Uh, but so far, I think I like Queen Shadow better. And remember, I'm only like halfway through it. But right, I, I, I'm I'm so oh my god, this is such a good book. Uh, this is probably remember I remember I'm only halfway through it. As of now, I'm going to say top ten easily, top ten can canon novels. Um, but maybe that's just because. Like we had talked about earlier, you know, before, like I said earlier, with we talked about Padme kind of being a little bit more of a, because she, face it, she was a background character in episode three. Padme mm-hmm. was a background character in episode three. She was barely in and out. Her dialogue was horribly delivered. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, like it was so, so bad. Um, she was a catalyst. She That's was. all she, she had, was. Yeah, she was a plot. She was point. a MacGuffin, for lack of a better term. She was a MacGuffin. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And this novel completely redeems that character in my eyes. It completely makes up for it. I'm, I'm, I absolutely love it. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So far in those comics, though, the the Padme issue was really good. Uh, talking about Padme, Padme issue was really good. Uh, the Anakin issue was really good. The, there was one I didn't really care for a whole lot, and it was Qui Gon's, which was weird because I was really excited for Qui Gon's. And it wasn't bad by any means, but it was. I think it's my least favorite of the group of the bunch that came out. That's disappointing to hear. It, well, no, it's still good. It's just my least favorite out of out of all of them. And it's obviously it's pre Phantom Menace, duh. Um, but it focuses a lot more on uh, him kind of focusing on the living aspect of the Force and prophecy and stuff like that, uh, which is kind of a, a foreshadow to Master and Apprentice, which is coming out very very soon. Written by oh, guess who, Claudia Gray. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm, oh, she writing a book about Anakin and, and Obi-Wan. No, Obi-Wan. Qui-Gon. Or not, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Qui-Gon and yeah, Obi-Wan. Master, yeah. Uh, Claudia Gray has a novel coming out. I think next month it is next month, uh, called master and apprentice and it is Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan pre Phantom Menace. Well, this, I think this, I just heard about the next book I'm buying yeah, on hard this, copy. This will be the first actual novel. This will be the first novel in the Canon pre Phantom Menace. This would so, be the first time that's ever really been explored. Period. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's ever been explored the the, the master apprentice dynamic between Qui Gon and Obi Wan. Right. And well, the reason I'm so excited for it, in in uh, from a certain point of view, she did a short story called Master and Apprentice, and it okay. was Obi Wan in A New Hope. Obviously, it was Obi Wan waiting at the Sandcrawler after Luke ran off to go find Aunt and Uncle Beru barbecued. Right. Uh, he's sitting there waiting with the droids. And Qui-Gon's ghost comes to Obi-Wan. His force ghost comes to Obi-Wan. And it kind of talks a little bit about how uh, how the ghost takes on the corporeal form and stuff like that. How it actually becomes visible. You know what I mean? Right. And and the, the dialogue back and forth between the two is absolutely amazing. Because uh, Obi-Wan's talking about how Luke is the chosen one. And Qui-Gon still thought it was Anakin. Right. And, and how Obi-Wan thought it was Luke. And... And Qui-Gon, because he was essence of the Force, knew that Obi-Wan's time was coming soon. 
his time to become one with the force, but he didn't want to say anything to Obi-Wan. Right. So, oh my God, dude, it is an absolute, like if you guys don't read any stories out of that, uh, that set of stories, read that one. It is absolutely gorgeously written. And so that alone just, it's got me stupidly excited for Master and Apprentice. I, there are no words. That is, that and Thrawn Treason are my two most anticipated novels this year so far. Because you know at Celebration we're going to get a slew of new novels and comics announced and everything like that leading up to episode nine. Oh, so, yeah. So as of now, that is my most anticipated novel of the year. So Wow. Yeah, no. It, wow, it, you, just, you, just, you just made my day. Next month I have a book to look forward to. You do. You do. I've been. That's the one I've been counting down days to. And actually, this one, Queen Shadow, kind of snuck up on me because I checked my <laughs> I checked my countdown. I was like, "Oh shit, I got a book coming out in a couple days." <laughs> oh crap! So it was, and it was Queen Shadow. So I'm I'm counting down days though for Master and Apprentice and Thrawn Treason. So, well, uh, to be honest, I don't, I don't mean to put the blame on nobody here, but uh, you know, I've been I've been so behind on the shit because like. Star Wars Canon Podcast has been on kind of a hiatus, so yeah. I haven't we haven't really discussed Star Wars beyond the movies mm -hmm. together all that much. And then in, in War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast here on Realm of the Mist, we've been delving into the women of the films and, and the TV shows so much that we haven't really been discussing about what's coming out. So like right. all of this is kind of just sneaking up on me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm uh, yeah, there's there's actually there's a lot coming out this year. You know, uh, Vader Dark Visions issue one just came out, which was awesome. Uh, you know, we've, and we've even got a comic series coming out of uh, Galaxy's Edge. The closer we get to, because there's a novel for Galaxy's Edge coming out too. So there's there's a bunch coming out. This is going to be the year of Star Wars. And I think it's going to be kicking off. Once April hits, once we get through Celebration, we're going to sit down and go, this is going to be the year of Star Wars. Because of so much stuff coming out. After Celebration, I think it's all bets are off. Anything is you, coming out. You think? I, I don't think it's just Celebration. Like, Celebration's obviously the catalyst. But yeah. I, I think I think because, like we said before, Disney owns all of it. Disney right. owns Marvel. Disney owns Lucasfilm. Disney owns this, that, and the other. Disney owns you. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the fact of the matter is, is I don't think Disney wants to take focus away from Endgame. Not yet. I think one. Yeah, I think you're right. I think once so, Endgame comes out, that's when we'll start seeing the explosion of stuff. Right. Yeah. I think. I think. I think we're going to still get trickle stuff even after Celebration until Endgame. Once Endgame hits, then all the floodgates will open. Agreed. No, you, you're you're right about that. Which, think about it though. I mean, uh, Endgame comes out on the 26th of April. Right. Uh, that's like two weeks after celebration. Yeah, so, so we're not talking a major difference, right? Yeah, I just, I just don't think they want to take focus away from Endgame right now. Right. Well, I mean, think about what they did with. I mean, and, and I know this is a Star Wars podcast. We'll we'll get back to it in a second. Think about what they did with the Avengers Endgame trailer that just dropped uh, this past week. It had Captain Marvel in it, so they waited until Captain Marvel came out and everybody had a chance to see it, and then they released that trailer with her in mm -hmm. it. You know, so I think, yeah, I think you're right. Once they which was Everything honestly the best placed, yeah. Which is ironically the, the the best thing of that trailer was the interaction of, of Captain Marvel standing there and and Thor calling in the the, the well, I forget the name of the uh, axe Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker, yeah. yeah. yeah I like Stormbreaker. Yeah. yeah, I like this one. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, the only part of the whole entire trailer that actually made me chuckle. Right. No, they, they do everything strategically. There's a reason they do everything. And, the, and, mm -hmm. and you know, we everybody cries for trailers and everything. 
think about this. We're going to talk about it here in a little bit too on mailback questions uh, with with the title of nine. We don't we don't have a title yet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I think we're they're doing the end game marketing with episode nine. That's exactly what they're doing. So uh, it, it, we'll see how it pays off. There's I, and I think there's a reason. I well I don't uh, I think it's going to work. I think it's going to be a tried and true. Uh, marketing uh, ploy that's going to be employed more and more often, I think it's going to work. So, all right. So, that pretty much does it for everything I had lined up for news. Uh, but Yay. we did it. Yay, we did it. And we're only an hour into the show. So, uh, <laughs> we, we've got the news out of the way. We're going to talk a little bit about some upcoming canon and then we're going to focus on mailbag questions. And once we get through some mailbag questions, we'll hit the live chat and we'll talk, uh, start talking some Star Wars with you guys, answer some of your questions you got in there. So, uh, upcoming canon this week on, well, actually tonight, Sunday, is the uh, season one finale of Star Wars Resistance. Uh, apparently, this is going to be a huge episode. Uh, you know, they from uh, from what we saw of the mid-season trailer, a lot of that stuff hasn't apparently happened in the series yet. So, it's going to be a big, big thing. Uh, I actually started Resistance over so I could do after shows and get to a point where I'm watching them for the first time with you guys. So, uh, shameless plug, head over to the Patreon page if you guys are interested in watching some Resistance, Clone Wars, and Rebels with me. Uh, Do a small donation a month there, and we'll be able to watch the shows together. So, uh, definitely head over and check that out. But Chris, have you been watching Resistance at all? I fell off on it. You fell off? I gotta get get back into it. I I, I fell off a couple months ago. Did you? You, Yeah. You you did with Resistance what I did with with Orville. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the uh, the, the last the, not to not to spoil, but the last I was into resistance uh, was when Poe and Kaz uh, found that abandoned mining col- uh, mining uh, facility of the First Order, and Phasma and a troop went to uh, clear them out because they were going to destroy it. Well, you are definitely further than I am. Okay, so that, I'm not I, to that point because I started. That, that's over. why I'm not going. That's why yeah. I'm not going into too much detail. But it was one of the first times you really delved into the first order within this show, right? Which is part of the reason why I fell off on it because it took so long to even get there. Yeah, see, I'm I'm trying to get caught back up because, you know, with, when I'm doing my after shows with Clone Wars and Rebels, I've already seen the entire series on both of them, right? Right. So when I sit down and watch them again, I kind of already know what's going to happen. But with Resistance, I stopped watching it and started over, so that when I get to that point where I where I dropped off. It'll be watching it for the first time with everybody. It'll be almost, you know, a, a thirty-minute reaction video. You know what I mean? So, I, right. I, and, and when Mandalorian comes out, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to start it and actually watch it with everybody. And same thing with Cassian Andor, the Obi Wan series. If it happens, we'll see. But I, that's that's uh, kind of what I have in mind for that. So, um, and then also this coming Wednesday, March twentieth, we've got Star Wars number sixty-three, and uh, Solo: A Star Wars Story number six. Now. That's the film adaptation, or this comic adaptation to the film. Usually uh-huh. the film adaptations are six issues. But for some reason, next month there is a solo Star Wars story film ad- adaptation number seven coming out. So I'm not sure if it's going to be a seven issue run or a six issue. Uh, I was told six. Everything I've seen so far said six. But for some reason we have solo number seven coming out. Issue well, let number, me, let me ask five, you something. Well, issue number five left off where it could probably have two issues worth left. Well, that that's what I was about to ask is uh because I haven't read the uh, the solo Star Wars adaptation yet. I do know like with Last Jedi, Rogue One, and uh, well, and uh, uh, Force Awakens, they added some stuff that wasn't in the film. Yeah. 
do you think they've been adding well you've read it without spoiling have they been adding a lot that wasn't in solo maybe that's the reason why it's going past six issues no no they haven't been solo hasn't added anything new nothing uh last jedi added a little bit of new stuff Rogue One added quite a bit. Force Awakens was just shot for shot verbatim, right? A very abridged mm-hmm. version of Force Awakens. Solo is an abridged version of Solo. That's all there is to it. Um, but if you want extra Solo stuff, read Solo Imperial Cadet. Because it's a five-issue run that takes place right in the middle, right there after he leaves Corellium before he gets sent to Mimbin. And the film, that three-year period, that's where this takes place. And it's actually pretty good. If you want some extra Solo stuff, definitely check that out. But... The issue five of uh, the solo adaptation left off right where Emphis Ness showed up after they got to, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> the planet to refine yeah, the, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, Saverine. When they got to Saverine, uh, and they just said, you know, solo and turn around, there's Emphis Ness, boom, to be continued. That's what that's that's where the issue left off. So we've still got to get through the whole talking to Emphis Nest and you know. Beckett telling Han, you know, don't trust anybody, blah, 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 whatever, going off, hey, I'm going to Tatooine, Big Hut. And then the whole crap with Dryden Voss and Maul and all that other stuff has to happen in one issue? No, that's going to be a two issue. You knew. Shut up. I just just had a deep... No, no, no. I just had a thought. What if it does complete in episode six? They do get through the... the, They they bridge out the, the conversations and everything else. So you get through the final issue you know, six and a complete solo where he's, you know, where it ends. Uh, I heard about this big job with a hut in Tatooine. What if e- issue seven's just like a uh, uh, bonus issue? Of Han going to Tatooine? And Han meeting Jabba for the first time. Well, the the epilogue of the solo novelization was, uh, it, it should have been in the film. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The because the, the novelization had an uh, an epilogue on the end of it after Han flies off with Chewie. Right. It should have been in the movie. I swear, and I, I, will, I will defend this till the day I die. This scene should have been in the movie. And it was uh, Emphis Nest going to meet Saw Gerrera. And Saw okay. Gerrera was the one wanting the fuel to cause terrorism or whatnot. But Jen Erso's in it as a little girl. She's with... Saul Guerrero. I swear to God, which explains that how should have tubes, been that should have been in the in the in the film for Solo. Which explains how Two Tubes, who was with Emphis Nest, wound up over with, with Guerrero's group in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if that was just are are we just introducing that race or if that was Two Tubes? I was pretty sure that yeah, was Two that Tubes. Was him. Uh, yeah, no, that scene should have been in the film, and I will and I'll say that till the day I die. That should have been the ending of the Solo film. You know what I mean? Because it would have really... I mean, yeah, we had the little touch on a little bit with the Re- with the Rebel Alliance talking about there's something bigger coming, you know, and all this stuff. But I mm-hmm. s- should have... that. I swear to God that should have been in the movie. I would have lost my mind in the... Th- that would have boosted the solo film, in my opinion, a little bit. Yeah. So, but the, but the novelization, maybe that's what they're going to show. Maybe that's going to be in the comic. Maybe. I'm hoping. Oh, my God. I hope that's in the comic, but... Uh, and as far as Star Wars number 63 coming out right now, they're in a Hope Lives, or not really, we're through the Hope Lives story. Right now we're on, I always have a hard time pronouncing the name, but the Shoru Toran or whatever, uh, they're they're getting their asses handed to them, apparently. They, <laughs> they screwed over Leia, betrayed Leia, now Leia is coming back with a vengeance. So, 
definitely go check out that. And it's hard to believe we're on issue 63 of Star Wars. It doesn't seem like that long ago we hit issue 50, which was that real thick kickoff to uh, Hope Dies. Right. So, but yeah. We're well, it doesn't seem like long ago that the, the new canon comics started. Yeah. And we were discussing that last night on After Hours when we were when we were discovering that not only has there been this many runs of this many comics in canon, but the that mar- the market values of them. Some of them are been, already starting to climb a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Nothing. Well, nothing on the level of like a Spider-Man 121. You know, no. but but well, it's but it's they're starting to like even I was surprised at some of them. Some of the variants are already 100, 140 bucks. Like I'm like Jesus, really? Like you know? Yeah, uh, you're talking four year old comic. I know one of them was uh, Vader number three, the first Vader run. Vader number three with uh, I don't remember which variant it was, but the variant cover, uh, a variant cover, was already like 120 bucks. You yeah. know, and it and it's because it's the first appearance of Doctor Afra, who went on to get her own series. You know, so. Uh, yeah, some of them are already starting to go up quite a bit. So if you're not collecting the Star Wars comic, me and Chris were talking about this last night. I just finished my first long box of Star Wars canon. Um, and I've, I'm getting ready to go on to my second now. I need, I got a second one in the garage. I need to go bring it in. Uh, but they're all bagged and boarded with, uh, divider tabs. So that's, that's, we're, with all that, we are at one long box of Star Wars canon now, as far as comics go. That's how I'm going to measure the comics and the, or the canon in the comics from now on long boxes. That's how I'm going to measure how many we've got. I think we're up to like 330 issues or something like that. So something like that. Yeah, no, it's insane how many have already come out and 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 everything. So, uh, but yeah, no, definitely go check out these, some of these comics. Uh, and with the baby on the way now, I've been trying to think of where I could cut costs and stuff. I'm thinking about stopping getting the individual issues and just getting the TPBs when they come out. But then I'm gonna have a hard time keeping up with them for the Canon podcast. So I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do yet. I'll probably keep getting the comics because I'm a stubborn piece of crap. So I'll probably still keep getting them. Uh, but we'll see, I guess. But uh, anyway, let's get on to some mailbag questions. Okay. I've got five picked out. And then once we get through the mailbag questions, we'll uh, go take some live questions from uh, everybody watching right now, which they've been having a pretty good conversation in there so far. So uh, question number one this week, well, real quick, before we get into that, how do you get a question on the Star Wars Canon podcast? You email it to me at starwarscanonlibrary at gmail.com, and uh, I'll go through and pick some out. I've picked five out for today. There was a crap load of them because, you know, it's been a month since I did a show, uh, but I picked out five of the best ones I could find. Uh, And question number one this week, let me find the right graphic here. Uh, because I almost messed up and forgot to put graphics in. Here we go. Uh, so <laughs> question number one this week is from Mark Rice. And Mark says, hello, Canon Podcast, big fan, love what you do. Uh, we don't have a title yet. With Celebration coming up in the next month, is is that where we'll finally get it? Also, what are you expecting out of the Episode 9 panel? Would love to hear your thoughts. So uh, thanks for the question, Mark. And yeah, no, we touched on this just a little bit uh, a little bit ago. Uh, they're, they're doing the Endgame marketing with episode nine do you think it's going to pay off me yeah absolutely i think it's going to pay off i think celebration we're going to get the title we're definitely going to get the title they're going to talk about how great it was and how how special it was to be a part of this uh this franchise this trilogy to wrap it up they're going to talk about how it's got the uh how how finishing the film uh production was kind of like the clearing out the locker of the last day of school you know they're they're, they're going to do that but they're not going to touch too much into it in celebration mm-hmm. i i think i definitely think they're going to sit on it you know they'll give us a teaser they'll give us a name but they won't give us much else because again they're good they're going to low key for that extra two weeks just so they're not taking any attention away from from end game oh. but, 
I don't know. Well, but once Endgame releases, that's when we're going to see a heavy push for nine. I don't know. Because you can't you can't have celebration in, in, in an episode nine panel, you know, five or six, seven months before the film comes out and not show a teaser trailer, right? And you can't have a teaser trailer without a title. So I have this feeling that they're gonna they're just gonna call it the episode nine panel for the entire lead up, right? To celebration. That's what it's gonna say on all the on all the posters, on all the the passes that everybody uses to get in. It's gonna say episode nine panel. And then at the end of that, they're gonna say, Hey, uh, we got a trailer and everybody's gonna lose their minds. They're gonna show the trailer, and at the end of the trailer it's gonna say Star Wars, blah blah blah, whatever in the middle of it, right? I think that's when they're gonna release it. And you and you watch footage from when people see that for the first time, people are gonna lose their proverbial fucking minds. Well, no, that, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you yeah, on that. There's definitely gonna be a teaser, and they're gonna release the name. Yeah. But as far as like full trailer and full oh, on, no, we won't uh, get a trailer push, October. Not. I, as a matter of fact, I'll go this far. I'll go this far. You'll get trailer number one. You think an actual an actual no no not a, not a not a celebration. It'll be a surprise attached to Endgame. I see the one uh, for Endgame being the one we get at Celebration. Think so? Yeah, I see that being the one. And then you know, I don't think we'll get another full trailer until like October when tickets go on sale. Because that's okay. us, that's usually about when they because right now they're doing the same marketing push ex except for the title as they did for episode seven. Seven was well, I mean, we had, we did get that little teaser in twenty fourteen, that was just like that eighty eight second thing or whatever, and then they showed you know the first teaser trailer at celebration, and then we got another trailer in October when tickets went on sale, and then we got like an international trailer like three or four days later, and then we had to wait until the movie came out. So I I, I see them doing the same kind of thing with with that also, but also keep in mind with uh, Force Friday this year, it's going to be a triple Force Friday. It's going to be in September, and they're doing a Force Friday for not just Episode Nine, but also The Mandalorian and Jedi Fallen Order. They're doing well, action I, figures and toys for all three of those names. Well, well I got a, I got a question for you, not to not to take away from uh, Mr. Rice's uh, question here, but kind of kind of an add-on to it. You're talking about like pushes and promotions and stuff like that. You do realize that Free Comic Book Day falls this year on May fourth. May fourth. Does it really? Yeah, do you think uh, do you think that a lot of the free comics will be Star Wars centric? Uh, there might be one. There'll probably be one. Uh, I don't think they're going to be centric, but maybe they'll do something special. I don't know. I, I see one because last year there was one. It was a Star Wars Adventures. It was the free comic book day, and it was a Han and Chewie story. And I remember I was trying to get my hands on it, and I called the day before, uh, before free comic book day. And told him, look, I have to work till noon. I can't get up there until this time. And one of those comics is a Star Wars comic. Is there any way you can set one out in my pull file for me? And they told me, the great the great people at Prairie Doll Comics uh, told me, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that. It's first come, first serve. And uh, I was like, oh, man, okay. Well, I was, really, I was really hoping that I could get that Star Wars comic because I, I haven't missed any of the canon comics so far. And they go, what's your name? Who are you? And I said, I'm Brian Miller. I've got a pull file there. And they're like, oh, hang on a second. I hear, hey, Kevin. Yeah, put one of those Star Wars comics in Brian Miller's pull file. And he comes back on the phone. He's like, I got you, bro. Don't worry about it. I was like, you are the best, man. Thank you so much. So they might they might do something like that. It's entirely possible, but I don't see them like pushing Star Wars like crazy, though, at Free Comic Book Day. 
Okay. Well, that, again, it was just something I was wondering. Yeah. I've been wondering since I, I discovered that uh, Free Comic Book Day this year falls on May 4th, which, mm-hmm. you know, has been adopted pretty much almost officially. Like, all we need is the president to turn around and say, I am declaring May 4th officially <laughs> Star Wars Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then you're going to have everybody who loves Star Wars and hates Trump going, oh, fuck Star Wars and all this shit. Yeah, that's going to be happening. Well, see, I was staying away from using the T word. I, know, I was I just know. saying president, making it an official holiday. But, I mean, you know, it pretty much is synonymous with Star Wars. So it just makes sense to me that there's going to be a lot of free Star Wars stuff yeah. going to be handed out. Well, as as far as uh, as far as what we're expecting out of the episode nine panel, you know it's gonna, you know what they're gonna have everybody there, or not everybody, but mo- most of the people. But think about somebody we haven't heard anything about yet, Matt Smith. We haven't okay. heard a damn thing about Matt Smith's character yet, and I don't, I wouldn't doubt him being there. I wouldn't doubt them bringing him out. Obviously, Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver. Well, Adam Driver wasn't at the Last Jedi one, was he? I don't think no, he was. I don't think he was. Uh, maybe he'll be make, make it to this one. You know, you know, Mark Hamill's probably going to be there because we already know he's going to be in the film. Billy D is probably going to be there. Uh, I, I don't. You don't, think? I, I don't well, well, it's, it's not, not because I don't think he wouldn't want to be there, but we know that Billy has a hard time moving around, and and so we we've had this discussion on War of the Stars where I believe like Billy D's appearance in in Episode Nine would be him mostly him sitting behind a desk. Yeah. You know, and flat, and you know, stack of uh, sabacc cards in one hand, a Colt forty-five in the other, <laughs> and L33's head on the wall behind him, and L33's head mounted <laughs> on the wall behind him. You know, flashing that that bit that winning Billy D smile, but we're not going to see much action footage with him because he he is having physically in real life having a hard time moving around. Yeah, that that alone is why I don't know. I, I would be shocked, pleasantly surprised, but shocked if he actually appeared at Celebration. I see him pulling it off. I see him doing it. I see him being there. Um, but no, there's there's going to be a lot in the panel. There's there's going to be a lot and. Like I said, at the end of it, they're they're gonna act like it's the end of the panel, and then everybody's gonna walk off stage except for JJ and Kathy, like they did for for seven. And mm-hmm. so uh, you guys know why we're still standing here, right? And everybody's gonna lose their fucking minds. That's what it's gonna be. So uh, thanks for the question, Mark. Do appreciate it. And man, I'm really looking forward to that panel. I'm really really looking forward to it. Oh, uh, absolutely. Question number two this week comes from Phil Sparks. And Phil says, when are we going to get Thrawn and Ezra's story? That seems to be a thread they've forgotten about and abandoned. Do you think they're saving it for episode nine when Ezra and Thrawn pop up? Thank you for what you do and may the force be with you. Okay, real quick. Before we go much further, uh, you said uh, in episode nine when Ezra and Thrawn pop up. That's not happening. I don't no. see I don't see Thra- uh, Thrawn and Ezra popping up, quote unquote, in... in uh, nine together uh that happened already now there's a possibility we could watch episode nine and hux could be on the bridge of a star destroyer or something talking to a bunch of other generals or admirals and kylo walk up and start talking to hux and hux turns around and talks to him and as the other admirals are walking away you realize one of them is thrawn i see something like that happening uh with no dialogue but like a like a chist with the glowing eyes and a first order uniform and see him walk off because then you're going to go holy shit how did he get back you know what i mean so i i, see I don't think it's that either you don't think it's that gonna be that 
I think I think Ezra and uh, and Thrawn, if they make an appearance on film, will be Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Oh, I don't see that happening at all. Because no. uh, I'll explain why I'll explain why I think I think that I think that's Ryan Johnson's failsafe. If people aren't buying into the stories, those are two people that are out of the galaxy right now that can appear there. Well, we know. Look, this is what we know so far. Um, and this will kind of answer your question also, when are we going to get the story? Uh, about this time last year, Timothy Zahn was at a Comic-Con in Canada somewhere, and somebody asked him about Thrawn novels. And remember, this was leading up to Thrawn Alliances coming out. And, well, I mean, we, we'd already known that Thrawn Alliances was going to be coming out, and, and, and you know, this was kind of promotion for it, if you would. Uh, okay. And he let slip that he was commissioned to write two more Thrawn novels on top of the two that they'd already been talking about. Mm -hmm. And he said one of them was going to be the story of Ezra and Thrawn. It was going to be that story. Then they come out and announce Thrawn Treason, which is not that story. Uh, which means this time next year, we'll probably be waiting for the fourth Thrawn novel to tell that story. And it fits perfectly with what I've been saying. If you've been watching the podcast for any amount of time, you've heard me say that once episode nine comes out, we're going to get the story of Ezra and Thrawn. And Thrawn, I guarantee Thrawn had a lot to do with the rise of the First Order. I think I, th I think he was pivotal in it. And, okay. and that book coming out, that time, completely solidifies that in my opinion. So I think if we wait one more year, we're going to get the Thrawn-Ezra story. I think you're going – I still think – I still see uh, Thrawn popping up in 9 at some point. Just in the background somewhere where only true fans get it. Kind of like the Ghost in Rogue One or Chopper in Rogue One where fans want <gasps> – you know, so I think that's that's what that's going to be. It's going to be for the true fans. It's going to be the reward. But um, I I just you're, I don't I I you won't you're not going to know that story until after nine comes out. You're, you're selling me on it. You're you're selling me. I I'll retract. I just felt like I said I felt it was a good fell safe for Ryan Johnson if his trilogy was starting to fall flat on his face. Mm -hmm. Not because it was good or not good, but just you know the backlash because it's Ryan Johnson. That would be one fail safe to get butts in the seats. Right. That and again they're the only two characters that would make sense because as we left them they were gone from the galaxy. But I, I buy your theory just as much. Yeah. So, no, I. I, I, I I don't know. I just I don't see Ryan Johnson because look, you see how everybody reacted when he touched Luke Skywalker, and then like we were talking about earlier with new characters, how he'd be able to do what he wanted to with them. You give him Thrawn, you're going to piss even more people off. Well, so, you, you, it's kind of hard, hard to screw up Thrawn. Thrawn. Uh, I guess if anybody really was if, is, yeah. if he if he screwed up if he screwed up anybody, it would be Ezra, and that's only if he decided to Luke. Uh, Lucify Ezra, where we meet him on a, 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 a remote planet drinking, you know, Blue milk green out milk teat. out of a teat. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I don't. But know, other than that, I don't know if Lucas. We know Thrawn popped up in Rebels, right? We know that. But they did it with Timothy Zahn's blessing, and he was very pivotal in how they crafted Thrawn in Rebels. He was there. He was an advisor through the whole thing. I don't see him letting Ryan Johnson take a crack at Thrawn. I think Thrawn is going to be Timothy Zahn's from now on. I think I think Zahn is in charge of that character, balls to bone. And I think I think having him in a cameo in a movie would really honor Timothy Zahn and make people lose their fucking minds. But I think there's I think in the long run they said Zahn, he's yours. You do what you want to with him. He's your character. You came up with him. You nurtured him. You 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 turned him into what he is. You take him. I, I don't see them giving that character for character development to another director. 
Well, he really is. He he really is one of the uh, legends characters that has transferred over uh, to yeah to, to to the canon, but seamlessly, perfectly. Yeah. Like obviously he's not in the same time frame that he was in the EU, but I mean he, but he could be he, now. But he is absolutely one hundred percent the exact same Thrawn. Yeah. There there was no changing his personality, his demeanor, his his uh his his menace, mm-hmm. you know, his psychology in any way, shape, or form. And it was just it was a perfect thing. It's literally Rebels literally ripped Thrawn out of the uh the, the trilogy. Mm-hmm. The EU trilogy and yeah. put him on screen in Rebels. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was. It was absolutely awesome. So I, I don't see them taking any chances on screwing that character up. I don't see it at all. I, I, I see Timothy keeping his, his hands on that. So uh, I hope that kind of answers your question, though, Phil. We are going to get that story. Uh, and, and, and believe me, they haven't abandoned it. They have not forgotten it. I promise you that. They, uh, they're, they're dangling it in front of you right now for a reason, because it's going to sell this time next year. You mark my words. This time next year, we're going to be waiting on the story of Thrawn and Ezra. And, and, and I'll go one further. Whenever they finally decide to release the first excerpt from the book, it's going to be the beginning of it when Ezra and Thrawn shoot off into hyperspace. That's going to be the that's going to be the excerpt. You mark my words, and that's gonna that's gonna make people start watering at the mouth, wanting this book. So, wait and see. I, I promise you that. Thanks for the question, though, Phil. I appreciate it. Question number three this week comes from Moses Hudson, and Moses says, "Hey Brian, long time listener, first time submitting a question. Hey, thanks, brother. I appreciate it." Uh, why were people so upset about Admiral Holdo using the term Godspeed in The Last Jedi? Personally, I didn't see a problem with it. What did you think of the line, and were those people out of line? Keep up the great work, and congrats on the coming little one. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, Chris, do you want to take this one? I was going to let you go first, but I, I could take it. Um, I, I think the reason a lot of people had an issue with it was because of the word God. And... You know, we in the world in the world of Star Wars. You know, there is no God. There's the Force. However, it's always been a term of endearment and expression, if you will. Godspeed. You know, safe, safe journey, bon voyage, whatever the case may be. Um, it 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 was a little jarring, but I I don't necessarily think that it was out of character within the universe to say it. I, I think I think what made it more jarring is that nobody had said it previously. Uh, well, they had said it previously. Well, they hadn't said Godspeed, but the word God had been used, and 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 canon and and in the films. Uh, right. We're usually speaking from 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 more primitive dialects, but like as far I'm meaning the phrase itself, Godspeed, had never been used previously in a Star Wars film. It was always you know if anybody said anything close to it, it was always may the force be with you. Right. Or may the force be with us. Which would have I'll say this would have made more sense in that in that context. It would have made more sense right there. Uh, but I didn't have a problem with Godspeed. And it's mainly because of where the word Godspeed comes from. It just means goodbye. That's all that means. It just it's it's another way of saying goodbye. You know, I didn't have a problem with the word God being used because even in Return of the Jedi, 3PO was like, oh, they think I'm some sort of God, you know, and, and whatnot. And and even in canon, when Luke is talking to some other people about the force in Legends of Luke Skywalker, I know I you got a bad taste in your mouth all of a sudden, I know. Uh <laughs> it, it they looked at Wait, the force Legends? as a god. No, in Legend, Legends, Legends wasn't Luke bad. Skywalker. No, there were yeah, that there was, were a couple in there that were just like bad. Right, right but, but that, that wasn't that bad. bad. I, I no, that bad taste in my mouth is air to the air to the Jedi. That's that's a rough one. 
Um, yeah. So I I didn't I didn't mind it so much uh, with with the whole the term Godspeed. And to be honest, it didn't even register with me that she had said it until people started complaining about it. I'm like, what? Which kind of goes back to uh, Justice League when the Justice League movie came out because everybody was talking about how Henry Cavill. You could tell they photoshopped his mustache out, and even I was like. What? Where? I didn't see that in the movie. What the hell? And then I saw the scene. And I went, oh, oh, yeah. oh, okay. How did I miss that? So, but I mean, I I didn't notice that she'd ever said Godspeed, and I just thought, it, like you said, it was an endearing comment, you know, as a goodbye, you know, God bless, you know, whatever. I, I didn't have a problem with that. So I I don't know why everybody got pissed off about it. I I really don't. To me, that I mean, I get why people don't like Last Jedi. I'll say that I get why people don't like it. I understand where you're coming from. But some of the things that people are just like tearing their shirts and screaming at the sky about, just really, Godspeed's one of them. That's what you're pissed off about in this movie? Luke Skywalker is fucking dead and you're worried about Haldo saying Godspeed? Like, what the hell, you know? So, I mean, it's, I, I didn't have a problem with it personally. Well, well, it's kind of like, Haldo's been one of those polarizing characters from Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides the character, you know, the stating of the Godspeed, uh, I've always loved the argument for people who hated Last Jedi because of Haldo refusing to tell Poe anything. It made perfect sense. It did. No commander in any military has is obligated to tell anybody anything and you were supposed to feel that frustration because you were you were seeing it from poe's point of view not being told what was going on that is why poe was an asshole that's why you guys looked at it and said oh great now poe's a dickhead on top of everything else you would have reacted the same way in the same situation you know um one of my biggest uh one of the things i defend the most with captain marvel even though i wasn't you know you know where i stand on captain marvel wasn't a big fan of it right Everybody talked about how the you know everything leading up to the last half hour was slow. Well, you were learning about her past with her at the same rate she was. That's why it was frustrating. You were supposed to feel the frustration that she was feeling. You know, right. with Poe, you're supposed to feel the frustration of what Poe is feeling, and and to actually you know feel empathy for him. You know what I mean? But you, you also, also but you also look at it from the eyes of Haldo. The, the whole entire film, you look at Poe. Poe is a brash, reckless. Yeah impulsive pilot who is known to to defy direct orders including from leia exactly you know so i mean the first the first scene that everybody had an issue with is because poe turned around and ignored leia's command to return flipped her right off on the communique too you know and And you're supposed to trust the bad guys you're supposed to trust as Haldo. You're supposed to trust this guy with secret information that you're trying to keep close to the chest to keep everybody safe. No, you're not going to tell him anything. Yep. No, you, you, that, that's exactly, it. and that's one of those things I'll defend too. Which they they kind of touched on that. They kind of tried to fix that a little bit in the novel, right? You know what I mean. So and in the comic as well. But it's just I don't. That's one of those things. People who were never in the military will not understand that. You know, when I was in the military, when I was a private, I didn't know what the hell we were doing. I didn't even know when we were coming home. You know, they didn't uh, every, even tell us until the week before. Yeah, everything, everything was need to know, know and exactly, we didn't need to know. know. Exactly. That's exactly it. Need to know. And 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 he didn't need to know, which is ironic because he said the same thing about Haldo with their plan. He's like, this is on a need to know basis. And she does it like that's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. He turned around to the exact same thing she was doing to him. So mm-hmm. so uh, I don't have a problem with that whole scene with with the whole godspeed thing i never really had a problem with it so i hope that answers your question uh 
and and let us know what did you guys think of the line of godspeed did you have a problem with it do you think it was out of place did you not mind it did it pull you out of the film let us know i want to know in the comment section what you guys thought about that uh thanks for the question uh moses i appreciate it uh question number four this week comes from don weber and don says now that oscar isaac has come out and said this is going to be the actual end of the skywalker saga what are your thoughts on episode nine let the speculation run rampant for a few minutes. Can't wait for Celebration to finally see a trailer and, and a title. And I can't wait to see where you take the podcast in the future. May the Force be with you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, we've already talked about Episode 9. That seems to be the running theme of this episode, actually, is Episode 9. Uh, you can tell people are ready for it. What do you think, man? Like, let's, let's talk about some of the things uh, that everybody's kind of talking about with 9. Is Kylo going to be redeemed? Is is Ray going to bite it? Is Kylo going to bite it? You know, I mean, w what are some of the things you think are going to happen in 9? What are you expecting? I don't think uh, Kylo's redeemed. I, again, the, the definitive permanent end to the Skywalker story. Well, as it stands, he's the last Skywalker. He's the last Skywalker blood. Like, again, I hate to, I hate to open up old wounds, but we know Leia's not making it out of nine because, unfortunately, we lost Carrie Fisher. So, without a doubt, Ben Solo is the final Skywalker right now, unless they decide to make Rey a Skywalker, which I, I still don't buy that they will. Um, so, to me, Ben dies. Even if he's redeemed, he dies. I see that. I agree. You know, uh, but I, I really don't think I, I think they've made him terrible enough to make him uh, to make him irredeemable, which I think would be perfect for him. They've they've already had two chances to bring him back, and the first time that he just said "fuck fuck you, Han, I'm I'm done," and killed Han Solo, and the second time was the closest I think he came to being redeemed. I think the mm -hmm. second time with Ray and when he when he killed Snoke, I think. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think that was I, at that point I thought oh my god they did it I did for a second I was like they did it they went they went all out he's he's back especially when he when he answered to Ben when she said Ben and threw him the saber and you know which coolest lightsaber kill ever just want to say that but mm -hmm. uh, that whole scene and then when you know he's standing and staring at the throne that's when the gears start turning you know and and I think that was it you don't get you don't get a third time. You killed Han See, Solo. Think, you 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 don't you don't get you don't get a third time. I think I think if he has a, re a redemption moment, I see it being kind of like a uh, in the middle type deal. Like he'll he'll start thinking about what he's done and 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 maybe I shouldn't be this way or whatever else. But he's so entrenched with his his fascination of the dark side, his his quest for power, and his unstable mindset. That it pushes him over the edge. That maybe part of the reason he dies is because he goes completely insane. He, yeah, he. I would not doubt that. He's uh, he's already drunken with anger and, and rage. We already know he has temper tantrums, right? He's like a five year old not getting his way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and he, which I mean, the way he expresses that anger and that tantrum is perfect for somebody with the dark side. You know, what I mean, losing control, just that's it's perfect. Uh, I don't have a problem with that, but he, the way he was really like, he was just losing his mind at the end of eight. You know what I mean? When, uh, when he started, when he realized that Luke had just pulled one over on him and he's no, and he turns around and runs after him. Mm -hmm. you know, he's losing his mind at this point with everything he told Luke, 
you know, I, I'm going to kill everything. I'm going to destroy it all. She'll be the last Jedi after I kill you. You know, everything. He's not coming back from that. There's no coming back from that at all. And I don't want a redemption story. We, ha we had the redemption story with, with Vader. I don't want a redemption story with Kylo. Um, I, I just, I don't want it at all. I, I think it would be, people would be, oh, they're just copying six, you know. I, and so I think, I think with Kylo, he's got to stay bad and he's got to die bad. I think he has to die evil. I, I, I do. do. I, I, I think, think that I think he's so consumed by the dark side, side that he he would. Uh, the only way he would be perceived as going good is he went completely freaking insane and attacked the unknown entity that's above him in the darkness. But it isn't because he's doing it to protect Ray or 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 redeem his soul. He's doing it because I want that power that you have. That lightsaber belongs to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's 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 my feel of it. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it was a mistake of uh, uh, Oscar Isaac to turn around and say this is the definitive permanent end of the Skywalker story. They, they, it ends in a way to make sure there will never be another Skywalker in the film. I don't I don't or, think it was a bad film. thing. I don't think it was a bad I, idea because Disney's already I, been telling us that. I know, but the, the, but to put it at so finality kind of spoils the fact that we – I guarantee you, I am 100% sure Kylo, redeemed or not, does not make it out of this film. No, he's not. Uh, but but if, if we have to talk about redeemed or not, I'm going to say not redeemed. Um, and I think Ray is going to go out with him. I think, I think Kylo and Ray are both going to die at the exact same time because one technically can't exist without the other. Uh, since they're equals and opposites in the forces, one gets more powerful. So does the other one. I think you. Yeah, I think she. I think she's. Which was the theme of this trilogy? Yeah, yeah. I think. I think it's going to come to a point where she realizes that she can't kill him unless she kills herself. So I, I see her sacrificing herself in some epic, amazing way. Of you know, maybe they're like locked in a lightsaber battle, and like the Force ghosts of Luke and Anakin and Obi Wan and Yoda all pop up to like watch this like epic fucking right. So. Right. I, uh, no, I see, I see them both going out and, and I do, I, I do think this though. I do think when we start episode nine, Poe and Ray are going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah so. oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause uh, people, people originally, and I think even in the, uh, the, 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 the books, they were leaning towards a Ray, uh, Ray Finn thing. Yeah. You know, but uh, then one of the things Ryan Johnson did when he had Car Blanche is he gave uh, Finn a love interest in Rose. Right. And kind of changed that canon a little bit with uh, having Poe and Ray meet for the first time on the Falcon. And you can almost see that there was instant sparks right there. Like, ooh, handsome man. Right. You know, type deal. <laughs> well, that scene, was, that scene was originally in the novelization for Seven. Where Roe or where Roe and Poe, wow. Where Ray and Poe. <laughs> met for the first time and it was uh on dakar before ray leaves to go find skywalker they they actually met for the first time and it was the exact same thing exact same dialogue you know i'm uh, i'm poe i'm ray yeah i know like that was exactly the way it went but because after that novelization came out and after the film came out everybody's like oh uh, uh well poe and finn have to be the first gay couple in star wars when that started happening i think they realized well nobody read that book nobody right. knows about you know uh, Poe and Ray kind of talking for the first time. So I think they were like, let's put it in a film so that they don't miss it and retcon it out of that novel, which they, that, that's the, that was actually the first big retcon in novel or in, in canon, in the new canon. That was, that was just a pure and simple retcon.
that is just no longer canon. So, uh, I, and I think once they put it in the film, that's when everybody got pissed off. And then we were like, well, it was in the novels. We already knew that was going to happen. Well, no, that doesn't count. Well, it does now that it's in a movie. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Had J.J. put it in his movie instead of Ryan Johnson putting it in his, I think people would have been a little more accepting of it. Well, the, 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 the fact of the matter is that a lot of things that, that like, I'm sure you talk about this a lot in canon uh, on the show is in canon. The books are are canon. The comics are canon. Unless they are contradicted by the film, in which case the film rules all. Mm -hmm. So even if people read the Force Awakens novelization and saw that they met back then, or people read some fan theory that was supposed to be canon of, of Finn and, and Poe's bromance becoming more, you know, it... it it was retconned as soon as it's in episode eight. That that episode eight is the canon. Right. No, you're right. Least, that is that's the canon version of it. Yeah. Well, even in one of the uh, uh, visual dictionaries, I think it was for Last Jedi, they were talking about how, and you see it in the film for just one shot, how Poe has a, a necklace with a wedding ring on it. Mm -hmm. And it says in the visual dictionary he's saving it for his partner. Why would they focus on that? Why would they actually make it a point to talk about that if he's not going to be with somebody in nine and it's going to be ray after the after the the meeting for the first time at the end of eight it's going to be it's going to be ray i'm sorry i'm sorry if you guys wanted finn and poe to be a thing it's going to be it's going to be poe and ray i'm sorry but uh, I, I see nine opening with them being a thing uh and you know we, we i think we were talking about on uh, war of the stars we were talking about like leia and how you know i, I had the idea of if Leia dies in this movie, if they have a funeral for her and spread her ashes where Alderaan's supposed to be, I think that would be absolutely poetic to see. You know what I mean? Kind of along the lines, I don't want to say an exact copy, but something kind of like in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when Yondu dies and they spread his ashes out into the uh, out into space. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I see something kind of like that with Leia, but Nine, man, I see the, I see the first half of Nine hitting you in the feels, and making you want to ball your eyes out, and then just turning around and kicking copious amounts of ass. I think that I agree with you. I think I think uh, Leia, they're going to do something with Leia. They have a couple pieces of footage. I almost think that they would be more like flashbacks or, or memories or something like that. You know what I mean? But I, I definitely think that Leia's death will happen early in the film. So that way, not only not only are we like saddened by it, and that saddens now out of the way. But, but now you start, start worrying about, about everybody, everybody else. else. Well, it could be used as a MacGuffin, too. Yeah. It could be used as a plot point in, all right, let's just go get these sons of bitches. You know what I mean? It, it's it's possible, you know? So I guess I guess we'll see. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, thanks for the question, Don. It's a really good question. Uh, and it's really, I guess we're going we're gonna to have this conversation several times between now and December. And it's going to change a lot. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a good question. So thank you much for, for uh, sending in. I appreciate it. Uh, and question number five this week comes from Marty Black. And Marty says, hey, Brian, how long can the Star Wars comic run before it runs into Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi? We're in the 60s now. I'm assuming you mean in the issues. Uh, and I don't feel like we're getting any closer to those films. When do you think we'll get to Empire Strikes Back and how do you think it'll be handled? And will they do the same thing for Return of the Jedi? I love the podcast. Keep it up. Uh, thanks for the question, Marty. And it's a good question because we've talked about this a couple times. The Star Wars title happens between four and five. And we know there was three years there. 
in between those two films. And we're mm-hmm. getting pretty close to... We're, we're, you can tell we're getting there. Because now, in the comics, if you're not reading them, this could be spoilery. But I'm not going to tell you how it happens. We know that the Rebels have their fleet now. We know that there right. is a Rebel fleet now. And they're not just hiding place to place. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we know how they got that. You know, we're... we're, we're we're getting closer. You know, we really are. I, I see Empire Strikes Back being a 100 issue special. That's what I think. I don't I don't I don't know if I can give a a, a, a number to it. it. I, that, that that seems like a fair enough number to me. me. But it's definitely coming. It's definitely coming soon. Uh let's face it, there's only so many stories you could tell in 3 years. And there's one in particular I'm still waiting for. Okay. okay. Yeah, there's, there's, and as soon as I start to say it again, you know what I'm talking about. And Empire Strikes Back, Han tells Leia when they're arguing in the hallway. Or you know, Mandel. The Ord Mandel star. I want to know what happened on Ord Mandel, the bounty hunter they ran into. Because in the comics right now, Han is like balls to bone rebel. He's, it he's is behind Cad the Bane. It, 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 it has to be Cad, Cad Bane. Bane. It has to be Cad Bane. I completely agree with that. It has to be Cad Bane. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, right. I mean, you, you, that's a story that obviously changed Han to a point. Because in the comics, like I said, he is balls to bone rebel at this point. He is all in on everything. And something happened with that bounty hunter that was so pivotal that went, oh shit, I got to go pay off Job of the Hut. And <laughs> like, you know, you know what I mean? Like it had to have been big enough to like flip a switch. And I want to see that story. And hell, make it a six issue run. Make it a six issue story arc. You know, get us mm-hmm. closer to Empire telling that story. And then by the time we get to Empire, hell, make it be the last story before we get to Empire. You know? I think, I think that's, that's probably what it that, will that'll be. be what it, but I still think it's going to be 100 issues, Empire Strikes Back. Here it is. But think about how far out that still is. We've had comics that's... going out for four years, and we're at 63. You're still three years off. You're still three years away, comic-wise, getting issues until we get to Empire. I don't, I don't know, know if it's that, that far. far. We're at 63, 63 right now. So, so you're, you're talking, talking 37 more. There. Yeah, yeah we're, we're talking 37 comics. comics. That's, That's not three years worth of comics. Was that an issue a month? What, what if they, they change, change it to a, uh, bi-monthly issues? I mean, once in a while we get a month with two issues, but for the most part, it's been an issue a month. I mean, I mean, close. Not exactly. I mean, we've been going for four years. That's 48 months. You know, we're actually, we're on five months now because they started in January. So we're at 50 months, but we're on issue 63. So once in a while, they do an issue, two issues a month. But for the most part, it's one every month. So we're still looking at two, three years out before we get to issue 100. And, and don't, don't forget, forget too, you, you could also get that story uh, and, and other, other stories, uh, which are, uh, you know, cross, cross events. Right. Oh, yeah. You with know. the Afro comic or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, like, like with the, the Afro comic, comic or, or like the, the Screaming Citadel, Citadel story or, you know, know whatever the case may be, where it ties in between all the runs of the comics. Right. You, you know, so, so, I mean, there's so, so many different ways. It's it's really hard to get there, but it, it's going to get there and it's going to get there soon. Right. Yeah, no, it, I don't think it's that far out. But as far as Return of the Jedi goes, uh, the only story we have between those two right now, there's two. There's two pieces of canon between Empire and Jedi. Uh, the first one is the novel uh, Moving Target. It's like a thin little three-hour novel. It's a Leia story, nine numbs in it. Um, but it's it's essentially Leia kind of using civilians. And we talked about this gray area earlier in morality. Uh, Leia using civilians to throw the Empire off from the rebel 
fleet so that they can plan their attack on the second Death Star. That's what moving target is. And great story. So, and, and But the problem is everybody wants Shadows of the Empire, which has now been null and void. Uh, we can't even bring it back as it is. There's a Forces of Destiny episode where Leia gets the Bausch uh, disguise that we see in Return of the Jedi from Maz Kanata to go get Han. So now we know Maz is the one that gave Leia that outfit. Right. And Shadows of the Empire, Yuri gave it to her to help infiltrate for Black Sun, remember? So those are the only two pieces right now. It's that Forces of Destiny episode and Moving Target. As far as the comics go, I would love to see some comics in there delving into Leia dealing with the fact that Han is frozen in carbonite and they didn't get to him in time and he's gone. trying Because that was one of the best parts of Shadows of the Empire was her dealing with the idea of not being able to find Han Solo again. You know what I mean? And, and trying to track down Boba Fett. What do you got? I just had a thought talking about like stories that then what if they decided to do a comic or, or move a uh, book runoff? We were talking, we were talking uh, a couple commercials or yeah, uh, questions ago about like forgotten. Uh, seems like it's forgotten. Mm-hmm. What if we get a, a story or whether it's a one-off comic, a short run or something like that with Maz Kanata, finally seeing how she was able to get the Luke's Luke saber. That was a que- I had that question on the last episode of the Canon podcast. And yeah, no, that's a story that I'm still waiting to see too. But like we, we but all expected it, it to be in the film, but what it if we got it in a book or between, comic run? It could have happened between five and six. Now that we think about it, it honestly, it, maybe it wasn't a thing where she had only had it for, she said she had it for ages. So right. maybe it's one of those things where she had it before Return of the Jedi even happened. Mm-hmm. It's entirely possible, you know what I mean. So that's a story like, I want to see too. Like, what if, what if it, what if Luke during the time, uh, uh, during the short period of time, the year I think it was between Empire and and Jedi, he went looking for that lightsaber, but it was already gone, and it's because Ma- Maz had found it because she was on best spin for some other reason mm-hmm. and came across that or, or some, again spitballing here but what if we start getting those types of stories I'm cool but it's it. not in movie form it's going to be as we originally expected it'll be a comic run or or uh in a novel somewhere All coming right, look, for, forward I, I i have a theory and this is actually the first time i think i've talked about this theory but i have a theory with this whole story Uh, I think we're going to see that story in episode nine. I think it's going to be a flashback. Hear me out. Okay. The saber has been destroyed at this point. It's pulled in half, right? Okay. We know from the shareholders meeting with the footage that Ray's twirling a lightsaber around. So we know she has a lightsaber. Odds are she repaired the Skywalker saber. You can't just destroy the Skywalker saber. You know what I mean? So it makes sense with destroying the Skywalker saga. That's true too. It could have been foreshadowing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm but I'm assuming she still has the, the saber, and I'm assuming she repairs it. The novel, the the books that she has, right? The Jedi books that are a thousand generations old, right? Right. Uh, the sacred Jedi text. Yeah, yeah. There's. <sighs> I couldn't help. I, it. I, I know. But I, I've had people tell me before. You know, those books probably that's how she rebuilt the saber. Well, I don't think so because if those if those books are so old. That was back when they still had battery-powered lightsabers, and the battery was on the belt. You know what I mean? And maybe they were still vibro swords. Maybe there's nothing about lightsabers in those books at all. I, I tend to think that there is something in the books because of the symbol of the Jedi was a lightsaber. You know what I mean? But 
maybe but but my first thought is if she got the saber if if Maz had the saber she obviously knows more about the force than what Ray does at this point maybe she goes back to Maz maybe that's Maz's role in episode 9 is helping her rebuild that lightsaber and while she's helping her she tells Ray how she got the saber in the first place and think about it it's not it's not entirely crazy with JJ coming back to do 9 after he did 7 obviously he felt that story was important enough to actually say something about it and say well we'll talk about that later and now he's coming back for nine i see him kind of putting it ba- putting that story back on the shelf where it belongs and 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 bringing it back around full circle because remember maz didn't have that much of a role in last jedi she had like some no. like little battlefront 2 cameo where she was shooting some motherfuckers and then blasted off that was it so and made everybody in the theater feel creepy when yeah. she was like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah no it's it's I, I see them bringing Maz back into it. You know, she was in both movies so far. She was actually, she wasn't in Seven very long, but she was pivotal in Seven. So I, I see I see her helping Ray. you know what I mean? And, and helping her fix the lightsaber and, and to rebuild it and, and whatnot. And, and I think she's going to tell Ray that story about how she got it. Would you, would you say it's fair to say that Maz has been, for, for this trilogy, she's been kind of the Yoda figure? I knew you were going to say that. Uh... Maybe, yeah, because she had about it. Well, Yoda had a little more screen time in Empire than she did Obviously. in Force Awakens, but uh, they had about the same, well, close to the same amount of screen time in Jedi as she did in, well, Jedi, <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, it's possible. Uh, I don't, yeah, she's kind of that guru, though, but I still really wanted to see that scene of her using the Force, you know? And because remember, oh, she said, cut, I'm no yeah. Jedi, but I know the Force. So I wouldn't have mind well, seeing her use the force and then that would open up this window for Ray, you know, of, oh, you can use the force and not be a Jedi. What the fuck? you right. You know, well, like, so, well, there was a, there was a scene, uh, that was, that right. was cut where they were down there and, and when the first order attacked, she collapsed the, uh, the, the ceiling the, down on them. Yeah. The ceiling down. And they had to go out the back the, the back door, for lack of a better term. Right. But she used the force to collapse the ceiling of that tunnel. Right. You know, so yeah, they they, they initially had intended for her to, to show force, that she yeah. could use the force. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I hope that she tells Ray that story in this in in nine. I and I think that would be a great little I think it because if you're going to leave a mystery that big in one of the films, you have to answer it in the films. Mm-hmm. You, you you can't say, oh, hey, you want to know about that? Now you got to read this novel because not everybody's a reader. You know what I mean? And there are general movie-going audience members who saw that and go, well, how did she get that? And they don't want to go read a book. They're just general audience members. You know, they, they're not sweaties like you and I. And they, they want the story. Show it to them in a film because that's how you know they're going to get the story. So I well, see them. You can't introduce a story – in the films, and then not answer it in the films. So, would it, would which, it be greedy to say? About, well, I'm worried about them doing that with Maul, the whole cameo it, and Solo. Would it would it be greedy to say then, uh, for me to say then I want both? Like, yeah, appease the general movie-going audience and, and let her have a conversation, but really delve into it, because I really want it in a comic or, or book, because I want to know the details. So what you're saying is have her tell the story, like in a bridge version, just nutshell, here's how it happened, and then right. later on do a novel of, her, of it actually happening. The novel or a comic run, where you get to see the full-on details, what led to her even being on planet to get the the, the lightsaber right. how she found out it was the skywalker legacy saber and you know all the above mm-hmm. you know what i mean 
like let let's have that where she grabbed the saber and then she glimpsed visions of Anakin slaughtering younglings and uh, Luke battling Vader over top uh, uh, Bespin, mm-hmm. you know, in Cloud City and like really really delve into it. Give me the full details. Right. No, I mean it's entirely even in a flashback scene. See her finding it, you know, and actually see the surrounding areas, you know, and maybe maybe there's an explosion just happened and there's the saber and she picks it up, you know, and then have have that in the flashback. And then in the novel, talk about how the factory is coming down and she sees the saber and picks it like because then you have a visual to go with the novel that you're reading. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it, it something like that would be really cool. But uh, yeah, no, there's there's several stories in, going back to the comics thing. There's several stories that I'd still want to see before we get to Empire. And, and like we were saying, that could happen between Empire and, and, and Jedi, which would be a really cool kind of segue, you know? I hope they start focusing more on the Emperor and the, and that side of the stuff in Star Wars. Because the Star Wars comic so far has only really focused on the Rebels' point of view. It's, it's kind of shown Vader here and there. And the first Vader run was kind of running synonymously, simultaneously with, with the Star Wars run. But you don't see a whole lot of Empire stuff in the Star Wars comic. You know what I mean? I want both sides of the coin. So start showing me some more Vader, some more Emperor and stuff like that leading into Empire Strikes Back. I think it'd be absolutely great. What about a run of Captain Piet? That'd be an interesting one, especially considering, you know, his his downfall in Jedi when the Super Star Destroyer crashes into the Death Star. That'd be really cool. Uh, well, not just, not he just was that. The one, but... He was the one officer Vader kept giving second chances to. Right, but I'm saying not only that, but give give it where he was the captain of the uh, executor, and he had to deal with Admiral Hazel, and he had to deal with the fact that he was, you know, under Hazel and Vader, mm-hmm. and the constant conflict between Hazel and Vader, and you know, maybe show some of his ambition to want to replace Hazel. Right. Or maybe make the opposite. Maybe he feared that Ozzel would fuck up so bad one day, and he would wind up in that position. Because right. you, you did get the impression in Jedi, he wasn't really thrilled with that promotion. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh crap. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. With the Admiral Ozzel thing too, that goes back to something we talked about like a year, year and a half ago. There was a theory going around that he was actually a rebel, an undercover, uh, undercover rebel, and that he was right. trying to hide Echo Base. If they ended up doing something like that in the comics, I would lose my mind. I would never be able to watch Empire the same again. I already don't. When I watch Empire Strikes Back, part of me is going, I'm on to you, motherfucker. I know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I really hope that they end up making him an undercover rebel in the Imperial Navy. And Vader finds out, you know, like when, he turn, when he's force choking him, I, 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 I hope they make it to where Vader realizes, oh, this son of a bitch. And then... You know, so right. I I think that'd be absolutely amazing to see. So I hope that answered your question. Uh, thank you for sending in, brother. So, hey, what do you say? We've already been going for almost two hours, man. So let's go over and, and do some live chat uh, with some of the guys that have been watching. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll do this for a few minutes and we'll call it a day. How's that? That works for me. All right. Let's see here. Stuart Lungsden, AAMJ, Tim Peterson, Ethan Dubs, Spencer J. All of them say hello. Hello there. Hi. How you guys doing? Uh, let's see here. Stuart Lungsden, it's the end of an era. December 20th, 2019 will be a day long remembered. Uh, the last episode of Resistance Season 1 came out today. If you've seen it, then it's uh, then let's talk about that at some point. I haven't seen the new episode yet, so we're going to have to get caught up on that. Uh, but you're not wrong. It's gonna Next be, week. It's the, it's the end of an era with Star Wars, with the Skywalkers finally going out. You know what I mean? 
Uh, let's see here. Richard J is watching. How's it going, brother? The hangover won't shift. What's up? And he put a couple of pukey faces. Oh, you poor man. Uh, <laughs> saying alphabet uh, just sounds so silly. Talking about alphabet squadron. Uh, so yeah, no, that's, I still stand by that's one of the dumbest names they could have possibly ever put out. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see here. Tim Peterson, congrats on being pregnant, Mr. Miller. Thank you much, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, Wait, Stuart, you're pregnant? I'm sure. Might as well be. <laughs> I look like I am. Look at this. So there you go. Explain it again. So let's see here. Uh, Stuart Longston says, I have low expectations for Fallen Order because it's published by EA and not LucasArts. I can understand where you're coming from on that. Uh, but I'm keeping my hopes kind of high. I'm keeping my expectations low, but my hopes high. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he also goes on to say, E.K. Johnston is a great writer. I wish she would write more for the new EU. I agree. She's she's done an amazing job with writing her novels so far. And, and granted, she's only had the two. I don't remember if she had a story in from a certain point of view. I have to look. But uh, yeah, no, there's been some some great storytelling that she's that she's done. Uh, Mr. Drobo T, I want Fallen Order to be good. Oh, absolutely. Let's see here. Uh, going through Richard J, Claudia for the win every single time. Talking about Claudia Gray. Absolutely. Sorry, 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 boss. I like I, I like Claudia Gray, and as far as like the new canon is concerned, she's definitely one of the uh the better new uh authors. Yeah. But Thrawn, Thrawn is is the force. Thrawn is the or, excuse force. Excuse me, not, not Thrawn, uh, Zahn. Zahn. Timothy Zahn is the force. Yeah, no, he's, and, and, he's pretty in Star good, Wars yeah. novels. <laughs> See, I, I used to say that Claudia Gray was the queen uh, of canon, and then Zahn came back. Oh, I said she was the Timothy Zahn of the new canon. And mm -hmm. then Zahn came back in, so she couldn't be the Zahn anymore. But she's the queen, and he's the king, in my opinion. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Mr. Drobo says... Uh, did you uh, ever play the Bounty Hunter game? Dooku recruited Django after seeing him kill a dark Jedi. That's true. Uh, I, that played it on true. I played it on my buddy's uh, GameCube. Uh, mm -hmm. That's that's very true. I don't know if that was the same context in the comic now. The setting kind of looked the same, but I don't think it's in the same context because it didn't say anything about a dark Jedi in the comic. Uh, he goes on to say, Ahsoka deserves her own project, her own movie, her own series. Agreed. Yes, absolutely. Completely agree because we talked about Ahsoka a while back on War of the Stars. And and actually, it was just this past week, yeah. And uh, and and we did a character profile of her. And and you know, a lot of people just focus on uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. The novel also, man. The novel really focused a lot on aspects of Ahsoka that I really came to admire. Um, let's see here. Stuart Lungston says Claudia Gray, E.K. Johnston, uh, Stephen Fry, Christy Golden, James Lucino. Those people are great at writing novels. I forgot about James Lucino. Uh, he did Tarkin, and what else did he do? Did he do Rogue One? No, I know, I know, but I'm I saying I completely for I forgot completely forgot to put him in that list. Yeah, no, he's he's really great, also. Um, and Christy Golden. The only thing Christy Golden, uh, no, never mind. She did she that she didn't write that. I was thinking Phasma, but that was Delilah S. Dawson. I'm not a big fan of that novel. Uh, Christy Golden's pretty much on par. You're right. Um, Let's see here. AAMJ, are you planning on an updated canon novel list? I can. Uh, things are kind of hectic with the podcast in the library right now, just with finding out we're going to be parents and uh, trying to move around some some money so that we've got some things taken care of. And then we've had a lot of stuff crop up in the last month. My truck went down, had to pay to get it fixed, trying to get Kirsty a, a new vehicle and stuff like that, and trying to get ready for the baby. Like, it's it's been hectic around here. That's why the Canon podcast is suffering so much right now. But uh, yeah, I can I can work on an updated Canon novel list. Let me finish Queen Shadow first. 
so I can get a really good spot to put it. And maybe Master and Apprentice comes out in like a week. So let me get Master and Apprentice read also, and then I'll and then I'll get the list put out. Uh, Stuart Longson says, uh, gotta go for now, uh, for some minutes, hope you're still here when you get back, he ended up coming back, right on. Uh, Jay says, last week of Resistance was pretty damn cool. So, it sounds like you're gonna have to get back into it, bud. Yeah, well, uh, just like you with the Orville, uh, crash coursing it for tomorrow, yeah. I'll crash course, I'll crash course Resistance, well, uh, I'll find it's, them it's and crash course that, it. because Jay went on to say the Orville rocks. Yes, the Orville uh, does rock. So, let's see here, um... <laughs> Uh, just going down here. Stuart Longston, congrats on the pregnancy. Thank you much. I think Kirsty feels differently about it than I do. <laughs> We're both very <laughs> excited, but she's the one that's got to deal with it physically. Um, Kyler Knowles says, I could see Thrawn popping up in Last Jedi only. So I, I'm guessing kind of like a background thing, like what I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuart Longston says, Timothy Zahn has ideas of what happened with him and Ezra. Um, uh, but so does Dave Filoni. They will discuss ideas, and we have to wait for them to make a final decision. Timothy Zahn said that Thrawn was handled very well in canon. Dave and crew did everything right with his character, and their way of defeating him was the right way. I completely agree. No, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, Nerds of Long Eaton says, hey there, everyone. How's it going? Uh, let's see here. Going on down. Oh, okay. Talking about the Godspeed thing. Stuart Longson says, gods was mentioned in Rebels when mentioning the Force wielders. Palpatine said the Mortis gods. He did. So he did. yes, he did. Richard J. So goes on to say, Godspeed, an entire collection of cultures in the Star Wars galaxy and hundreds of different religions. I think the argument is pointless and just shows haters clutching at straws. I absolutely agree That's with that. 100%. That's it. Uh, he goes on to say, everyone says Kylo had a tantrum. Darth Bane had a real temper tantrum. He wiped out almost all life on a planet because shit was done his way. He's not wrong. That's not canon anymore, but God damn it, I wish it was. <laughs> Jesus Christ the thought bomb was the most that was the most eerie like I was terrified reading especially when you get to the second book when one of the one of the survivors comes up and puts their hand on it and their like head explodes with just screaming of all the souls trapped inside of it for eternity absolutely amazing uh, and he killed Jedi and Sith by the way he didn't just kill one side he killed both sides that way Mm-hmm. Uh, goes on to say, let's see, Kyler Knowles says, I don't understand why fans are pissed about the end of the Skywalker saga when they told us that this new trilogy is the end. Exactly. Exactly. They, they've been telling us that from the get-go. This is going to be the end of it. They have come out and said that they are keeping Ray or Daisy Ridley for the possibility of maybe Ray popping up somewhere else. But it's going to be in a TV show somewhere or or something like that, I think. I don't think she's going to... I think they're done with the films after after 9. I'm not done with the films, but done with episode films. Right. But I do think, you know, Ryan Johnson's trilogy and I think uh, Benioff and Weiss's trilogy, I think both of them are going to have their... I, I think they're going to both start back at episode 1. Star Wars episode 1, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? I, I, I still see them doing episodic films for those as well. Uh, let's see here. AAMJ00 says, yeah, but I want like six episodes for the mall show. For the mall you show? Go, yeah, you have to go back a little bit. Somebody had mentioned it about uh, they would love to see a, uh, uh, like on Star Disney Disney Plus, mm-hmm. uh, uh, something dealing with, uh, with mall between, dealing from the time frame between Solo and Rebels. That would be really cool, yeah. I forgot I brought that up. No, you're completely, and, and the thing is with this Disney Plus thing, they could do something like that. They could do little six-issue runs of a, of a TV series, live-action thing, and just tell a cut-and-dry story, and you don't have to worry about a season two of it. 
You know what I mean? Just tell little one-off stories, five, six episodes at a time, live action about characters. We, that'd be cool. I never thought of something like that. That would be really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's see. Kyler Knowles says, five or so years into the new canon, do you think that it is just as good, if not better, than Legends, even with the shit books and comics? I would say yes. You're gonna say I, I'm yes? not gonna say I'm not gonna say it's better. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's just as good. It's just different. See, I'm one yeah. of the people that when when Disney first bought the prod, uh, the, the 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 saga, the 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 the, the rights. Mm -hmm. That's the word I was looking for. And they announced that they were retconning all legends. Yeah. I was one of the people that wiped my brow and said, "Thank God." Not because <laughs> I didn't like the EU. I love the EU. There's some things I absolutely couldn't stand. I'm happy it's gone. And there's a lot of things that were in there that I love that I'm sad is gone. But the reason I was excited is because I wanted new shit. Yeah. I've spent 30 years reading these books and these comics. I know the stories inside and out. The last thing I want is that on film because then I'm paying a whole bunch of money to see something I already know about. Right. I was thrilled with the new canon because of the fact that it was going to be all brand new shit. Yeah. That being said, yeah, there's been stinkers like Heir to the Jedi and and like the three PO comic run. There's there's been god awful things oh, in this canon. God, you're not kidding. However, we've had Lost Stars. Mm -hmm. We've had uh, 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 Lords of the Sith. You know, we've had uh, Thrawn alliances that are the Vader runs in the comics that are absolute gems mm -hmm. that you could not have exist if they were still within the EU universe. Right. No, it, it's so far. I'm okay. Look, if you go book for book, first book of EU, first book of legend uh, of Canon, Canon's better book for book. But as of right now, I mean, you had 30 years. I mean, how many novels were there in the EU? Like, 250, 250 something yeah. like that like 250 plus we're at like what like 30 novels right now not even we're not even at 30 but we're in the 20s somewhere uh but so far not bad like, like like he said there's been a couple of shit books and comics and you brought up the bulk of them <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like the the 3po comic was just the the lego game told that story better than the comic did um <laughs> You know, like uh, like the Chewbacca comic, which was like a, a Saturday morning cartoon thing. And then we had Heir to the Jedi, that fucking <laughs> thing. Um, and, and Last Shot, it's uh, Most which Wanted. Was, right yeah, now. no, it's bad. Uh, uh, most Wanted wasn't good. Almost everything that came out around the Solo era wasn't that great. Uh, the Lando Double or Nothing comic was just like, you know, like it's just so bad. And then. You've got on the flip side. You've got things like Lost Stars. You've got things like Bloodline. You've got um, a Leia, Princess of Alderaan. You've got the Vader runs and the comics. I mean, you've got all the Lando comic, which was awesome, right? They, it's, it's both have their piles of gold and their piles of shit. So it's, it's you can't say one's better than the other. But like you said, it's different. It's not the same old stuff over and over and over and over again. Because you get to a point where it's going to get convoluted. Whether you mean to or not, it's going to get convoluted. Which I, is, I think that's why they're ending the Skywalker saga and going on to other things to tell other stories. Because at some and, point it's going to get so convoluted that you can't keep up with everything. 
and I, I like I like to I hate to sound like a broken record, but I like to reiterate one simple thing too. Just because Disney retconned the the EU and made it no longer canon doesn't mean these books don't exist. Right. You could still go buy them. They're still releasing them. Disney is re-releasing them. You, I've I've seen EU books that have legends over the top and Disney's brand on the back of the book. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, because they reprinted the books. They're still available. Right. If you prefer the EU or Legends stuff, if you're a person that pre- prefers them over to canon, go buy them. Go read them. They're, they're, they're not gone. It's not like Disney said, you know what, it doesn't exist and pulled them all from ever being around, like, you know, had a big bonfire to burn the books. Right. They're still there. Well, see, the new canon is much different, too. It's an entirely mm-hmm. different beast than what the EU was because – uh, yeah, they're commenting right now. Kyler and AAMJ both said, yeah, there's uh, high 30s, almost 40 novels if you include all the novelizations and short stories. Um, so th- yeah. we're, we're getting there. We're at like a fifth of what the EU was. But if you look at the EU, the EU was nothing but comics and novels. Mm-hmm. That was it. I mean, you had the Droids TV show and the Ewoks TV show, Caravan of Courage. And then the other thing we don't talk about. But <laughs> like none of that's like that's that's all there was, right? So now we've got children's books we've got young adult novels we have novels tv shows new movies comics video games which was never really a canon thing in the first place with the eu so if you add everything up piece by piece i need to count how many actual pieces of canon there are because we might be on par with the eu there's a very real possibility we could be on par with the eu if not coming up very very close to it you know what i mean well the thing well, the thing is, the thing is, is like the EU didn't take place until after the original trilogy was right. done, as far as far as like novelizations were concerned. Thrawn's trilogy, which takes place five years after Jedi, you know, uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which I believe is the first official book. Right. Although, yeah. although I think in the uh, in the, the the timeline of the EU, I think the first one is Truce of Baraka. Was that the first one? I believe that was the first of it. Uh, so I, I mean, but reading that one and fell out of it. But you got 250 plus novels. Now, if you talk comics, Marvel started with uh, with Star Wars right. and released the first Marvel Star Wars adaptation book months before the movie released. So mm-hmm. you're talking comics passing, going back 40 plus years, both under Marvel and under Dark Horse. Right. You know, and, and that, that of course includes the Old Republic stuff, spinoff stuff, and there's so many it, the, the new canon is nowhere near close i can guarantee it's nowhere near close what has come out in the past 40 plus to 30, 30 plus to 40 plus years mm-hmm. of of the legends and and the eu stuff but it it, it i i i think it's just as good it's just different like different. you said it's That's just it, yeah. different yeah no because i mean and, and look, like like we said, we do have contradictions in the new canon already. Mm-hmm. There there are things like the scene of uh, Ray and Poe meeting for the first time being retconned. Uh, even in the comics, there's been a couple of things that didn't match up so far. And I noticed it in this new Vader run. Or was it the new Vader run? Or was it... I don't remember where it was. But I think it was in the new Vader run. When he... Vader ended up having uh, that uh, queen ship from Naboo. That Nubian ship that they had on Tatooine. He ended right. up getting that ship. The Emperor gave it to him. And he burned the shit out of it on Mustafar. He ended up burning it. You know what I mean? Just black. <laughs> to, and and, and he, he torched it. And then later on, he's got the ship and it's still mirror and clean. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's pristine still. But 
little things like that it, it still happens you know them drawing the wrong lightsaber in somebody's hand in a comic which happens way more often than you think it does uh, that reminds that reminds yeah, me of when they released Anakin on Battlefront Two, and you the first thing you oh had to do God. was make sure they made the lightsaber right. And you know what? I was wrong too because I was straight <laughs> cocksure. Because when because when the model for Grievous came out, the saber he had that was supposed to look like Anakin's looked like Ray's. I mean, I know it's the same saber, but there's details that are different on it, and it's got the D ring on it. The D ring wasn't even a thing in the prequel trilogy. You know what I mean? It was the Comtech clip. Right. And and it had a D-ring on it. I was like, oh, man, when they do Anakin, they're going to piss me off. And then when Anakin came out, that was the first thing I looked at. And sure enough, you can model it for Anakin, but you can't fucking do it for Grievous. What the hell? But, <laughs> but it's – but whatever. It's But there are little details. Even in the Obi-Wan Anakin comic, there's a, a scene where Anakin turns over his lightsaber to Obi-Wan and says, I don't want to be a Jedi anymore. And when you look at the saber, it's his saber from Episode 3, and this comic takes place between Episodes 1 and 2. So – and in the very next scene, the very next frame, it changes back to the saber he's supposed to have. So it's they they do it all the time on shit like that. Some of the detail stuff you can't pay attention to, you know, or they had the lightsaber on the wrong side of the belt. That happened in Son of Dathomir, which was a Dark Horse comic that got brought over right. to canon. There's a there's a shot of Obi Wan and his lightsabers on the wrong side of his belt. So I mean, it does happen, little things like that. But with the EU, there were major events that did not line up. With each other in the novels, you Chewie know, being killed by a moon, killed, which is ironic because I feel like, in, in, in <laughs> I feel like Thanos throwing the moon at Tony Stark in Infinity War was kind of a callback to Chewie getting hit by a moon. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 certain things like that that just I I do wish though, and and I might get called a uh, a heretic for saying this, um. I do wish Chewie had painted the Falcon black after Han died. Because in the EU, Han painted it black after Chewie died. Uh -huh. So I wish Chewie had painted the Falcon black. And it would have put a new aesthetic kind of to the sequel trilogy and to the Falcon. Because God knows how many dishes has that fucking thing lost. Uh, but I think it would have been a, a new aesthetic to it to really kind of identify it as sequel trilogy Falcon. You know, it would have been a nice callback to the EU and whatnot. So, uh, But anyway... That I digress from that. What do you say we call this episode? Oh, absolutely. Let's call it. Hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, especially everybody who was in the live chat. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging out with us on this Sunday talking some Star Wars. Uh, I mean, last night I was getting cabin fever. I asked Chris if we could do an after hours because I was just I needed to talk to somebody. I was bored. I was pacing my house bored trying to figure and, out and what to do. Yeah. And in fairness, in fairness, the deal I made with them is I'll I'll do an after hours because I was originally going to have that be once a month. Yeah, uh, I agreed to do an after hours if he agreed to do a Star Wars Canon yeah, podcast need, for I you guys to do one today. Anyway, so but yeah, <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. Make sure to check out the Facebook page also. Uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna start trying to get a little more active on the Facebook page, and uh, I think we're gonna do a live Q and A uh, at the end of this month. So. Uh, definitely head over to facebook.com slash Star Wars Canon Podcast. Give us a thumbs up there. I think we just hit 600 likes on the Facebook page. Or uh, 1,600 likes on the Facebook page. So, Excellent. Uh, it's very, Congratulations. Very, very cool. Thank you. So uh, we're trying to hit 1,000 uh, subscribers, though. I think we're just shy. Just not very many, but we're, we're trying to get there. So um, make sure to hit this uh, subscribe button on the YouTube channel as well, and that notification. But also so you can tell when new videos go up. Uh, whenever we uh, we get them out there. Make sure to head over to the Patreon page as well uh, if you guys are interested in watching after shows and watching some Rebels, Resistance, and Clone Wars with me. 
Uh, I, I, I think we're at least, even if I don't keep the podcast going, I think I'm still going to keep the Patreon stuff going. So, uh, I'll, I'll say that much, but Hey, Chris, where can they find you at brother? Well, you can find me anywhere. There's uh, the name realm of the mist entertainment right here on YouTube. Just look up realm of the mist entertain. Uh, I will happily, uh, put the uh, link in the description, uh, description <laughs> in the, uh, chat down below, as well as if you just want to hear the audio plays and qualities, you could check us out on anchor.fm slash R O T M dash entertain or wherever quality podcasts are heard. That was a mouthful. You didn't do it as well as you did on uh, on uh, After Hours last night. I was drunker last night. I know night. you were drunker last night. I needed to be drunk last night. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there it is, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Oh, uh, because this is a Star Wars fight, let me, let me do a shameless plug yeah, here. Make sure you guys jump over to the YouTube channel for Wednesday night at 8 p.m. where it uh, should be Brian Miller joining us. Uh, but John Mark Tully and myself, with along with Brian Miller, should be talking War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast where we will be discussing the Star Wars Rebels character era in our ongoing series of the women of Star Wars. There it is. All right. Well, until next time, guys, this is Brian and Chris signing off. May the Force be with you all. Always. Always.